of the minefields. Welcome. This is issue ninety-six. <laughs> Sorry, we started the we started the countdown to recording in bullet time and just kind of popped in my fucking head. Anyway, just roll with it. Just roll with it. Yeah, guys, welcome, welcome. This is issue ninety-six. We got Mr. Colin in the Tulsa. We got our resident. We got our resident BA there, Mr. Uh, Tony Morales. Hey, he gave us the A. <laughs> How do we go from Fon- from the from the Matrix to Fonzie? Why would I don't know. Initially, I was sliding down a waterfall. I don't know what you guys are doing. I, I, I went no, straight to Volta. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, welcome, welcome. We got a lot to talk about today. We got amazing comics to talk about. First thing I want to pick is the from the nose of Morales, the booger of how awesome it is to go to your mom and dad's house and dig through your fucking comic books. What'd you find? <laughs> oh yeah, freaking! Out. I uh, went down there and got my big box out. Um, found a couple of things that were really pretty cool. Found uh, I found some old school original run X Force. Um, for those who don't know, the original, the first <laughs> seventy issues was the original X Men: um, Marvel Girl, Cyclops, Beast, Angel, uh, before Beast. he becomes Archangel, and Iceman. I uh, just without Professor X. And, um, yeah, the first 70 issues, and I ended up finding about seven or eight issues. Nice. Including issue 17, which is the, uh, the first appearance of Richter. Nice. Who goes on to join X-Force and is currently in Excalibur. That so was, that was kind of, that was kind of a huge one to find. That's back when the X-Force was working for the feds, right? For well, this is pre-X-Force, even. No, 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 X-Factor no, 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 I'm talking about X-Factor. Wasn't X-Factor working for the feds and they were pretending I to be think mutant it, hunters? I think the second incarnation was the one that was actually working for the government, if I remember correctly. I could be... I didn't get a chance to read it, so I could be wrong about that. But I was pretty sure it was the second one because they had... Uh, Valerie Cooper was their liaison. So I know for sure the second incarnation was, but the first one might have been as well. I just the only time I ever liked X Factor was because we got more like Polaris and like fucking Havoc and like we got those are tying. Yeah, in. that that was the second one then. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's what, one of the reasons I really I'm really digging Hellions right now is just because uh, because Havoc, freaking you know, just he's so messed up. It's hilarious. What's, why is he messed up? What's going on with him? He wants he wants them to move Madeline Pryor to the top of the list of resurrection protocol so he can have his Jean Grey copycat evil goblin queen fucking girlfriend back. <laughs> oh, that's so so convoluted. And, and and he doesn't give a shit that Polaris knows. Like, but that we'll get to that we'll get to that later because that episode involves a lot of alcohol. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I would like to have that explained to me because I do like Havoc. I never liked him until uh, I started reading him in Uncanny Avengers, while that title was running. I liked that story. When we when we get uh, to, when we get to that point, we'll both all well all three of us will sound off on the uh, shitty ex girlfriends that we would probably. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We're giving names. We're giving dates. They're all listening. <laughs> Social security numbers, driver's license numbers. Uh, no, boyfriends. The they Russians f- are gonna hack us. Dudes, they fucked while we were with them. <laughs> How many? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I don't think that's Aww. ever happened to me. Nah, <laughs> happens to me all the time. I don't care. Anyway. It might have happened once. I don't know. What else do right. you find? What else do you find? 
Oh, uh, so I found a found spawn five and six, which are really cool. Excellent. Found I found a crap ton of uncanny X Men, and I actually found some uh, some old freaking some mid five hundreds Batman from like when I oh. fell off of comics and then fell back into it. Zane, what like, year are those from? Oh, uh, this had to be. Is that like nineteen eighty nine? No, this is this is later than that. This is. It's pre-nightfall. It's gotta be like ninety-one. I'll look. Uh, it up. What year? What, what, what episode? What issue? I believe it was five thirty-six, which they did Ooh, a three-issue. Right. They did a three-issue run, with um, featuring Man Bat, and I just remember randomly grabbing that issue at a comic book at a like a the probably like the PX ten to one or a Walmart. Final night. Back when they. Yeah, the final night. Final night, yeah. black and white cover. This is oh, yeah. wow. our our dates are all fucking wrong. November nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. It's very weird because I remember going and picking up the Batman, the new Jim Lee Batman, eight hundreds. Was it eight oh two or something? I can't remember. Um, and that was uh, that would have been in two thousand two, um, because that's right when I started reading comics again in my but i remember going back and getting some batmans i think in that era because i was fascinated with the character the nkv demon and batman had to go to moscow to deal with this character and i was like that's that just fascinated me it was always one of those back issues you come across what else did you come up with yeah no um like i said a bunch of those because like they follow up the uh i got into it because of the man bad thing and then mm-hmm. freaking, like, the next several issues were Joker, but they were Joker trying to summon a demon, and he ends up summoning Etrigan. Oh, so it's it pretty interesting. Like uh, Etrigan shows up, the Spectre shows up at one point. Like it's it's you know it's like maybe like ten to twelve issues I think I had, but it was just like just some really like different stuff as opposed to like freaking a lot of like Batman stuff now where he's not dealing with anything like that. I, if I'm not mistaken, Etrigan is one of the new McFarlane figures that just got announced. Yep, I'm correct. Oh, nice. Yep, they are. The, the not all the photos are available on the website, but they're on the Diamond Previews. If you get Diamond Previews, he's right dead center in the middle, along with a McFarlane edition Wonder Woman of his design of what Wonder Woman should look like, as well as a Dark Knight. Um, Batman, Frank Miller, and his uh, Superman ass Whoopman armor, and nice. <laughs> and a Shazam that is possessed by Joker gas uh, from metal. But I can't blame him because, I mean, it's Capolo designing most of the, the like. I would say, from what you've seen, most like a large majority of these are Capolo. He's got a heavy hand in what McFarlane's been uh, releasing lately. And, hey, you know, you put your brothers over, right? Yeah. Yeah, this Etrigan is gnarly. Mm. I'm going to snap a photo of it and send it to you guys. Speaking of McFarlane, yeah. I'm... We can share screen on this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Share screen. There we go, yeah. Which one we're not on Zoom, by the way, folks. No, we're not. We're on Facebook Messenger because it actually is a way better connection, better and clearer video than Zoom and fucking Skype. Well, we're using Skype. We're using Skype for it seems like years. Okay, so 
so you guys can see my screen. Oh man, that's weird. Hold on. Got all big on me. Yeah, okay. Hold yeah, on. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, so there's there yeah, I was there talking about is. the NK. Yeah. Gorgeous. Hmm. The oh, demon. Nice. Okay. We got King Shazam. Oh, it's creepy. I like how dated the the armor looks. Like it almost looks like sixties era Iron Man. Look how like clumsy it is. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Early Iron Man Mark One. And that is McFarland's Wonder Woman, which is definitely celestial. Like <laughs> she should be fighting mm -hmm. alongside. Uh, you know. That's the thing when it comes to anybody trying to take Wonder Woman out of the regular costume that we're all familiar with, it just suddenly stops being anything that I can care about. Like it's, it's it, the, the look is iconic. There's nothing dated about it. It just works. But then, you know, everybody's like, Oh, let's do some other thing. Like she needs some other reason to get in. She needs some reason to get into this outfit or something like that. And I'm like, what's why? What's right. the point? Like it just, Nothing else makes any difference. She just looks like any one of a thousand other female characters that they have going on. God, that's gorgeous. Oddly enough, you know, sticking Batman in another costume makes interesting sense. And then, uh, yeah, creepy. That's just creepy. Yeah. I'm just mad because McFarlane <laughs> keeps robbing me, man. Like we were, we were, we were in Lubbock. We realized that, like, that, like the uh, there's a, the Simpsons reference when uh, Lisa made Lisa Lionheart, and you know the alternative to uh, Malibu Stacy, and everyone was gonna be like have an alternative, oh, yeah. have an alternative to to Malibu Stacy, and then the the Malibu Stacy guys get together in one like big think tank and figure out a way to de de uh, derail Lisa Lionheart and. New Malibu Stacy. Nah, she's just she's got a new hat, and like everyone's rabid about it. Like, you're being tricked. She's just got a new hat. Yeah, but she's got a new hat. And McFarland's releasing another uh, uh, Last Night on Earth uh, Wonder Woman, which I already have with Doctor Fate's helmet. And then they're doing. Uh, they just announced that they're doing a uh, uh, Red Hood, unmasked, but with an extra sword, and. <laughs> Uh, what else have they? What what else? And then they're doing. Uh, they just uh, showed the photos for Batman sixty six with. They're doing an actual playset of the of the fucking uh, Batcave with a Batmobile. And you see the this uh, Cesar um, uh, is it Romero or Romero? Cesar? Yeah, Romero. Cesar Romero. Yeah, in the back, mm -hmm. Romero, yeah. gorgeous. Um, Burt Ward looks a little uh, iffy, but the rest looks gorgeous. It's like, how the hell am I gonna afford mm. this? As well as all the goddamn like Justice League figures, and I just dude. And then, and then they're he's, he's doing a whole new wave thing. of Spawn. Yeah, you have to start an OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start an OnlyFans yes. to fund my to fund my McFarlane figures action figure addiction. God damn it! Sorry, I've been renting on. Dude, so much it's the guys. same thing we were talking about the other day. What's I was, you know, I, w I was walking through a through a, a retail store. And I saw that Snake Eyes action figure. I and I posted it. I shot a picture of it and I sent it to you. And I was like, the packaging is super weird. Like, why does this, why is this packaging this this way? And then it's in all these different languages and stuff. And then I thought to myself, why would I get this when I have the same action figure that I got? And I quit buying G.I. Joe figures, but I bought a, a Snake Eyes and a Storm Shadow 
because they were freaking legit looking, how many snake eyes do I need? How many different storm shadows do I need? Are you talking about how the many the different movie? Luke Skywalkers? Right. No, nothing to do with the movie. This was they were this came out last year, the ones that I did oh, pick yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and they're in packaging that is perfectly on par with the original packaging. And like when you when we go to see Steve at Toy Base Ten in Oklahoma City, like, you know, it's a wall of all of these vintage appropriate just like all of the vintage appropriate star wars action figures and i've got my i don't i haven't even watched mandalorian i've got a grogu up here of course you and do. then i've got a my my uh my bespin leia because or my my hawk leia because i she's my favorite character in, in empire strikes back and so how many different iterations of these characters are we going to get and then it's that's the thing maybe you didn't get that wave and you've been looking forward to getting it. They're just going to keep re-releasing it because that's it. They're yeah. not going to make but, new characters but, that necessitate it, you know? I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I'm giving but you what? a big solid butt here. No, this, go ahead. This is what happened in Lubbock, and it happened in in, in Amarillo. He's got a new hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a new hat. Don't I'm care. Fine, I'm fine with that. Don't care. Yeah, you know, maybe you're on that trip. Maybe you're on that trip, and you're like, no, I gotta get it because it's here. It's awesome. It's in front of me. You know. They had the the they had a brand new set of the uh, the vampire set. Uh, what is that D and D book that I have that I read over and over? God, why am I spacing? Is it not Sorin? No, it's Sorin. Yeah. Uh, it, is it was, Ravenloft. I don't know why I was thinking about Sorin, but that's magic. Um, it, it was. Yeah. It, it came in a big coffin box, and it had everything already. Oh, had. Yeah. Yes. It, uh-huh. had, it had everything the already. The release of it, the Ravenloft box. Set. It, it, mm-hmm. it had. It had the the Taraka like uh, card set. It had yeah, pre- the Taraka deck. Yeah, yeah. The the pre printed out um, players, uh, you know, sheets. And it was like ninety fucking dollars, uh-huh. and I was like, "There's literally like I know, one I've other seen thing." It. It's in, like a collector's edition. One other thing in here that I don't have already, and. Um, but it's got a new hat. That's that's just. Did you get it? No, I you didn't got get it. it. I did not get it. I I I. I'm glad do I you have it. the Taroka deck? He's missing out. Yes, I do have the Taroka deck. Yes, I do. No, don't do that to me. I would like to see that. I don't want to do it. He's missing out. I don't want to see it yet. It's gonna be a not thing. Today. I'm just telling you. I want to see those Taroka cards to see if it's the same artwork as the original Ravenloft release that I have with the with the original box set. All right. Um. Because I had the castle. You don't have to show me now. I'm just saying, like the castle. I had the castle Ravenloft uh, no, and the, no, uh, the, the Ravenloft box talking. sets. Going back. Or actually, it was uh, like Monsters and Moors or something like that. It was like Monsters of Ravenloft. I can't recall what it was. There were two box sets I recall specifically, and they had marginal at best um, <clears throat> drawings or depictions of all of the different look buildings and castles that you could fight your way through and stuff like that. It was like, here's a, here's a chamber and here's a here's another thing and here's a staircase and here's a grand hall. Like really weird perspectives based on whatever kind of like CAD system they were drawing at the time. I don't know. D&D fans who go back to that will know. Okay, yeah, right. Flip it over. Joshua's back. Let me see the other side. Is it the same artwork? It is not the same artwork. Excuse I like me. my original Taroka deck. Though I would get that. Nope, that guy. That guy's familiar to me. All right, let me find that the... guy was familiar. Anyway, this I know. I'm sorry, everybody. I know that our fa- broken one. Yeah. That is not familiar to me. Yeah, minefielders. What we're looking at 
is, you know, you, you guys might be familiar with tarot or tarot cards. I don't know how to say it. I always say it weird for some reason. And um, obviously these are like, you know, fortune telling or and a lot of different reasons. It's esoteric stuff. But the game, the D&D game, or Dungeons and Dragons game we're talking about, there's a campaign setting that has a gypsy type quality character called the uh, Vistani. Is that right? Literally never used. I can't it. recall. But uh, the the Taroka deck is a really cool um, uh, gameplay mechanism that you can do for your characters, and you know it's, it's just like spell. Right, well, where are we going to take these guys next? What's what's going to happen to these characters and stuff? Anyway, it's it's exciting now, to think that they still per- persist with this concept all these years later. But I think you can buy those cards separately. For like nine or nineteen ninety nine, I don't know. I've seen them in a couple of different places, but I'm I'm loath to pick up any of the new D and D expansions. Nah, nah, it's it's too simple. No, it, it, it makes people not. It, it ruins it. Like, and, and it's I'm not trying really? to be the old geezer. It's like they, they they plan the whole thing for you. The whole point of it is to fucking make it up as you go and have a like a badass yeah. really like figure out a, a cool campaign. Like like it, you get seduced by these really pretty books that you know yep. look really good next to the other one, man. Like I said, like I've never fucking used this. I've never even had the chance to to play that. The other thing that pisses me off... It's when, hard. You really have to find some hardcore people that are dedicated to the game and, and to the time you want to spend together. Now, when I pulled those out, they were, they were right next to my Vampire the Masquerade and Jihad cards. And it pisses, oh, neat. It pisses me off. How old are those? Uh, these are Wizards of the Coast, still with the White Wolf Game Studios and Garfield White Games. Yeah, on it. wow. So... Mm-hmm. I'm looking for a date on these. 94. What pisses me off is the second I saw <laughs> yeah. these. Saw these because I got one of these decks at a flea market for a dollar, and now I know uh-huh. that I'm gonna have to be on the goddamn hunt for these, and that's a thing now. I got on uh, the Hills website. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they are a uh, website that has a lot of CCG car uh, collectible card game sets and boxes, expansions, etc. Because of course, now I'm gonna. I, I, this is how I segue into something real quick. Cool. Uh, but we're. But uh, the whole business of of like defunct collectible card games and stuff like that. So if you're looking for any box sets or expansions, chances are the Hills has them. Um, and uh, that's I got some Star Trek: The Next Generation cards uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and, oh, yeah, and things got, like that. You Just, got I was, some, you robbed deck, that. Place. I'm still deck building, man. Yeah, dude, they're they're all over my place. Like, I've got those cards everywhere in here. I have a huge game that I've been running because I don't play it by the rules. I have a bigger setup. But um, my segue is into this, and I didn't mean to steal the, the conversation. Nah, steal um, the conversation. I've been stealing it all day. Here we go. I apologize. I got, I got online the other morning, and one of my Facebook group guys had uh, – he had he posted – the most expensive card available in the game, the ultra-rare James T. Kirk card from Star Trek Generations. It's from the Motion Pictures deck. This is it. You guys can see it. Oh, goddamn. Nobody else can. It's a nice-looking card. Snap it. But uh, it's, it's that it's the, the ultra-rare from the Motion Pictures expansion. And uh, it's just more rare than virtually anything else 
because it's the opportunity. It doesn't. He doesn't have an alternate universe icon on his card saying that he that you have to be able to activate that feature in the gameplay to bring him into the game. He can play in the 24th century with all of the other 24th century era cards. And uh, then he also gives you five points every time he helps solve a mission, which can add up really quick um, in that game, especially, you know, it's when you're trying to play to 100 points. So it's like, you know, magic, you play until somebody's hit points are down. And and uh, in Pokemon, you play until all the prizes have been collected and, you know, you won the game and stuff like this. It's the same thing. In Star Trek, you were playing to 100 points generally. But, uh, yeah, so that was – it was – these things pop up. They're on eBay. If you get on eBay and look for one of these right now, you'll see some idiotic prices going. And then the price on everything has gone up because people are staying home and they're finishing their collections. And I'm like, aren't you people able to go back to work? Have you got your vaccination yet? Um, but the 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 uh, you know the collector's market is booming right now for stuff like this. And this was what I considered a very reasonable price because I saw it for a lot more recently. And I was like, this is it, I'm gonna get this right now. And so I did, I thank, it, I thank the guy that I bought it from, that's flawless. The way it was presented, I thought, you know, I'm buying one that's a used card and no big deal, but at least I'll have one. Uh, I got this thing and it's flawless. It's awesome. I, it's, if I got into a bad way, I could resell this for a lot. I'm excited about it. But um, let's, uh, let's yeah. So there's that. Let's talk about our. Th- we 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 both got all three of us got some three gems this week. I got. Uh, <laughs> what do you got there? I got uh, uh, Tony. We were talking about this earlier, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, what was your gem from this week? The the random find. Uh in all honesty, that X Factor seventeen, the first appearance of Richter, was come one I was planning on buying, uh, probably off of eBay here in the next couple of weeks. No, I don't have to. It's awesome. My uh, my good buddy came down from Arizona, or came up from Arizona. I uh, had a barbecue yeah. at his house. Real smart about it, but <laughs> he, you know, had a lot of good friends that he wanted to visit, but couldn't do it. Like, and th- I'd never thought about this before. Um, couldn't visit everyone individually, just through a barbecue, and uh, everyone showed up. Met a lot of really cool people. He gave me a Frank Miller Wolverine number one poster because he just it was at his mom's oh, house because nice, he lives in Arizona really. now. He gave me that, a really cool spawn print, but he gave me an in-the-package, and I opened it right before we started recording, uh, a Fleabiac Brother Vertebraker with all eight arms. It's just fucking gorgeous. He's hideous. Oh, dude, I remember you talking about it. Didn't you, didn't you get one like that uh, a, a couple of years ago? No, no. Uh, Was it sa- different? No the, no, the same dude, uh, when I first met Tom... Um, hey, what's up, Tom? Uh, he, uh, we just became good friends right away and then uh he's like hey i have an extra violator uh violator 2 which is in the same like uh generation of this that's yeah, okay yeah right on and uh they're gonna look fucking gorgeous next to each other i can't wait <laughs> what'd you get man you got a gem this Who, week me? didn't you yeah you got a gem that was it right there my james c kirk card that's that is that is the thing that i'm excited about right now is that what are you gonna use to like finance your your new house <laughs> no man no i'm doing all right enough and then you know get you know moving in with somebody it will will pretty much help out with that a lot i think she seems like a good gal man i'm I'm really excited to meet her man i mean i'm, uh, gonna, I'm obviously awesome. gonna have to go to oklahoma to meet her fucker I, this, only there's, going there soon. 
there's 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 no reason to think that we won't come out. We we need to get out and do stuff. She's busy working on this show that's happening upstate right now, and then when that's over, um, we've got to go to a wedding in St. Louis, and beyond that, it's just like maybe you know, dep- depending on whether or not I get busy with some job, because I think things are going to blow up here with the. Uh, legislation that passed for our state film incentive. Uh, you know, I, I got it. I can go on trips if I'm not working next month. Maybe Minefields I'm, I'm needs to invade the next uh, Fed there in Oklahoma. Dude, yeah. I mean, we could go down and check out. <laughs> we can go check out BCW Buzz. What is it? Wait, Buzz BCW Buzzsaw Buzzsaw Championship Wrestling. Uh, Tommy Tommy Terry Pantera Wageman is the is the guy running that, and I went to his show last year in October, even though I wasn't supposed to. Yeah, I remember I wore he, my mask. You were on the phone, and he it's like a... took the phone away from you, and I talked to him for like thirty That's minutes. Right. He was drunk as shit. He was the coolest guy. Oh, we were schmuckered. We were all messed up after that. Yeah, we. I mean, it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Who the and I think we've talked about this. The Michael Jackson. The guy that performs is Michael Jackson, and it was oh Santana Jackson. Yeah, he was Santana great. Jackson. Like they were all great. The uh, the only thing that was really tragic about it, they were just embarrassingly bad. There was this dude in a silver jacket, and he was running the board and doing the intro music, and he botched it again and again and again. And at one <laughs> point, they had one one of the one of the uh, one of the wrestlers came out. You know, they get on the microphone and blah 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 blah. Here he comes, blah, and this ter- the sound 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 system was a mess. Blah blah, blah here he comes, and then the the dude comes out like a full minute later, and he's like, "Are you gonna play my music or what?" And then he gets out there and he just he shoots on the whole whole crowd, and like I don't know what the deal was, but he gets in there and everybody's like, "Okay, we're supposed to not like you." It was good stuff, man. I don't know that that, runs- that guy. Is someone that runs sound at, at wrestling shows. It happens. Uh, I'm sure it happens, but it can't happen that badly. How can it happen two, three times in a row? Oh. It's like the ill timing, the, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to diss on a guy who I like, who uh, who I have worked with, and I want to go to more shows. I don't, you know, the, the quality of stuff there's there's only so much that some some things can do. I mean, you've got to see, you've got to realize the the investment that goes into making these shows happen. And I'm th- clearly, I'm not the one who's able to go to the work that you guys have been going to and seeing it. But like, Tony knows a thing. I mean, there's about the investment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's. Yeah, there you go. I mean, there's 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 room for improvement in some things, I but things. you know, I'm not in any position to be able to help out except to pay things. my way in and, and go to the show. Now, Minefields needs to invade uh, some uh, wrestling shows in the OKC when we come visit. That's what, that that'll be totally. next. On, that'll be next on the list. We need to do a live show. We need to do a live show together, all three of us in the same space at the same time. We need to do a recording. And I think we'll we'll also need to do uh, probably the the Holy Grail number mine, minefields uh, commentary track Fight Club. I mean, we got to do that. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Don't forget number yeah. one hundred's coming up. Yeah, we got to get, we gotta get Colin in on the hunt anyway. Yeah, we. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, find out when that the uh, next uh, the new uh, or not new the uh, 
Oklahoma City or Tulsa Fed is happening. And uh, we'll oh, make... it's it's like it's coming up real fast here. Like, and now that they're back on, they're doing stuff all the time. Let me, I can pull that up. Yeah, real quick. yeah. How fast? Because like we'll 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 get ourselves booked for that. We're gonna put it over. We're gonna show up and just fucking be badasses. And uh, does uh, your uh, your old lady does she uh, like to drive three drunk assholes home? They're gonna fight each other at night until <laughs> four in the morning. Couldn't tell you. She's probably going to be busy. Uh, she will be working that weekend. I'm sure. Let me see here. I'm still we'll trying to this. Yeah, I think we could. Uh, I think we could make that happen. That was the show I went to, October third. They did one on May twenty third, April fourth. Anyway, I could search this for a few minutes and come up with it. You don't have to listen to me now, scouring this. Before we get to the comics, a uh, couple things we need to go over. One thing I watched: the Chris Claremont's X Men documentary on. It's free on the Prime. It was. It mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't, there wasn't anything I didn't know. Not that I know everything about the X-Men. But it, they really broke down his writing style. Like, when it came to, it wasn't the old school, like, Mag- Magneto shows up, he's a big baddie with the uh, Brotherhood of Mutants and fuck shit up. No, Magneto shows up and realizes, like, uh, when they start talking about Days of Future Past and, like, the, the complexity of that was when Magneto realizes that uh, he's in the future or not the future, but in the present that he most feared, you know, post if Germany had won uh, type future. Mm-hmm. And we see the, uh, you know, the, the, the quintessential cover Wolverine with uh, Kitty, you know, and all the X-Men slain, slain, wanted. And uh, it, it, it causes Xavier to question things. So that's one of the things that they really focus on was his ability to like, okay, the X-Men are going to the mall. Um, Okay, but you know the Jubilee shows up, or or how relatable uh, Shadowcat was, um, or how relatable that Rogue was to to girls, and they got women that were really into comics or had like comic podcasts, like talking about like when they first experienced Rogue and how it there was their chick, there was their chick, and and how and we we talk about it often about how he did a lot of like the the X Men that Claremont was running for almost solid 15 years was extremely diverse, but not because he had to make it diverse, but because he wanted to make it fun and he had great ideas for characters. And it, yeah. it worked really well. And it wasn't it wasn't pandering or talking down to any particular subset or, or division or whatever cult or uh, group of people you identify with. It was like, you could find your X-Men. The other thing was, is it really was relevatory in the sense that what happens, and Tony, and I want some input from you on this one, is is he was extremely reluctant to let the new guard in. So he was a hundred percent. This is the way the X Men the X Men run. I'm in charge. I'm God of X Men. He's got uh, a few different editors that are helping him out. They vilify the shit out of Jim Shooter, which infuriated me. I mean, they, they, they openly talk shit about it. And, oh, yeah. and we'll get to that in a minute. But he was reluctant to accept the new guard. I mean, 15 years and, <clears throat> and you're fighting Jim Lee? Like, come on, you gotta like... And he, he, he mentioned, like, yeah, I should have... Uh, you know, mistakes were made in hindsight, but... Um, no regrets, quintessentially, but obviously, yeah, you should have listened to Jim Lee. You should have understood what Bob Harris was, was pushing at you. Like... They did have, they did 
and Jim Shooter did say often, like, yeah, it was a lot of screaming matches. Like, you know, I wanted this, he wanted this, and we we hashed it out over a lot of screaming matches. But it what it broke down to was a bunch of fucking hippies, uh, like Louise Simonson, and, uh, God, I, there's, like, two other girls there, and, like, ready to talk shit and, like, did some catty bullshit. But, like, they... They even had the guy that wrote the, uh, what was it, the unhidden, the, the hidden truth of uh, Marvel. What was that book we read? The unofficial Marvel yeah, handbook, had, I think it was. Yeah. Or history of Marvel. They had the writer of that book on, and I just, I, I, I finally put a face to a guy that I hate. Um, <laughs> and uh, I gotta say, I mean, it's frustrating because there's a lot of good material in that book, and at the same time, you know, it, it's. When you when you've got somebody who was legitimately there, saying it wasn't like that, it's right. hard to know where to go with it. Right, but, but like I still I felt informed by reading it. Shooter Shooter was the the guy keeping the boat afloat. Like you, you've got a bunch yes. of goddamn hippies that are popping acid, like locking themselves in a, in a in a Manhattan apartment for three four days, wandering around, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they've got a, a script, and he's got to fucking make sense of it. Claremont didn't they didn't really hint at that. But it was still like hippie culture, like oh yeah, the, you know the the big baddie came here because we got to make money. Yeah, you got to make money. That's the whole fucking point of this. And it was before Marvel went public. And um, but to, I digress because I, I I was trying to talk about that later, but I got pissed off just thinking about it. Um, the, Tony, like in your experience, in, in all the feds you've worked in, how and and you're even just at a base example. If you've only worked at WWE or just one fed. And know what it's like when some old guy doesn't pay attention to what like the the, the times are changing. What what do you think about that? Have you seen people bury themselves like that? Like make bad decisions? Oh yeah, you've seen I mean you see guys on both sides of that. You know, you see guys that are you know, the the older guys you know, I'm, I'm I wanna keep my spot, you know, this is where I've been, this is what I've done, blah blah blah. Even though it's desperately time to go. But on the other side, you see you see guys that think they're ready well before they actually are. Right. So it's, you know, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. You know, you've got to – that's, you know, a big part um, when I was, you know, booking New Era. You know, it was – you would set people up. You know, it would take time to get to a position where you would be a featured guy – but between then and then, between you know your first match and when you became a featured guy, you would be working with those guys. Right. Those guys that were experienced, knew how to work a crowd, knew when to do what to get a, you know, the proper reaction. That was one of my big focal points the entire run was to constantly build guys up, but also you know to put them in a position to where they could be top guys three to five years down the road because not a lot of times you would see these um some other places where the new guys would just be fighting other new guys and repeatedly and nobody ever got better because nobody ever was put in a position where they were gifted that knowledge now now that's that's such a good point especially because claremont was withholding that knowledge and but he was like, without saying it out loud, he would he didn't want to acknowledge the fact that he had a bunch of super fans working for him and chomping at the bit to try to write and do something different with X Men and make it 
more palpable because a lot of people didn't want to see X-Men going to the mall all the time or, or uh, an all-female <laughs> issue where they're just chatting or, or the issue where it's like, and by the way, like I'm not denouncing it because I've read this issue, the issue where Storm and um, Forge have their epic dinner date together. And there's there's room for that, but there don't forget, just like you're, just what you're getting at here. We got to fight. <laughs> like we we came here for violence, and we want good violence. Uh, we want g- good storytelling, but there's 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 time and place for that. And it, it was a real, like I remember taking notes in my journal about this. Unfortunately, I left it at work today. Um, about how to never ignore that. Like, like I feel like this was gifted to me to never ignore, like, the sign of the times, to make sure the new guys get their shit in, to make sure they're heard, make sure the old guys feel comfortable that, you know, you, you know, those guys are always bitching about the flippy shit, right? But do you think anyone's ever taken their time to, like, demonstrate why that's important now? Do you think anyone that's really into Ricochet gives a fuck about Brett the Hitman Hearts, like, uh, in-ring technicality? They don't. They, they don't understand. Why, why can't you enjoy both? Exactly. That's my point. That is my point. Is 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 to bring them together and have that dinner, uh, where where everyone can talk and not just be like <clears throat> my way's better because of that old old versus new is an old uh, trope and I, I want it to go away. I want like could you imagine like sitting next to someone from back in the NWA area? And him trying to tell you why the technicality was important, and you're like, yeah, fuck that. All I care about is Ricochet. Like, you're an idiot. No, not at all, actually. I would totally be down for that. A hundred percent. That's why you're on minefields. Yeah, I, I would love to, you know, there, there's, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, everyone talked about, like, God, five or seven years ago, that Ricochet-Osprey match, where all they did was freaking flip around, blah, blah, blah. And freaking, you know, Vader ended up taking offense to it. And then you find out years later the whole reason Vader took offense to it is because he wanted to work with Osprey, and he wanted to make money off of it. So he initiated this screw you internet that. garbage feud, but it worked. It worked. Ricochet. You know, they they ended up having that match. I want to say in England somewhere. I really but appreciate it was, uh, that Ricochet up. versus Vader, and freaking you know it is what it is. It may it may have been great. It may not have been. I haven't personally watched it. But, it still but the whole the whole thing with wrestling and the whole thing with comic books, like really getting into it, is it's it's a buffet. It's all food, but like you can pick and choose what you like. Man, you know, if you're into if you're into horror comics, if you're into superhero comics, if you're into romance comics, whatever, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, if you like if you like property comics, you know, based on movies or whatnot. It's all there for your consumption. No, no smoke. You just gave me goosebumps. That is the best fucking metaphor for re- wrestling and comics of what needs to happen. The buffet. Picture this. Yeah. Minefields does like uh, when we do the hunt, we find people to sit and have a buffet with us. Like let's find mm-hmm. the fucking buffet in town, whether if it's a furs or a lubies or uh, or whatever. I don't give a shit. But, like, to, to have that sort of thing and, and, and really focus. Like, you pick the fried chicken, you pick this. Now, here we're going to talk about everything and we're going to enjoy a goddamn meal together. The opposite of a really bad, like, like Thanksgiving dinner where, like, you've got your uncle that just wants to talk about how much 
Trump is a piece of shit, and the other one, like, half the other crowd, like, loves Trump, and, no, no, like, we're all enjoying a meal here. Enjoy your meal. Let's enjoy each other's company and find out why. I mean, there's three of us here right now. Like, all of us enjoy uh, so many different things. Chaos Comics. Not that you guys enjoy the fuck anything about Chaos Comics. I mean, you, but you respect me when I talk about Chaos Comic Books. Right. You respect me. And, and you, me and, and Colin text each other and make fun of you, but that's... <laughs> no, no, that's what should happen. That's what should happen, because if there's not shit talking between bros, then are we even bros? What the fuck's going on? No, you're not, you're not wrong. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's what should happen, but, like, that... We'll talk about it in Minefields After Dark. Like, I, like that is the best metaphor for that. Because you, you can't fuck with good food, and if everyone's sitting down ready to respect each other, and just someone puts pushes record we're gonna have a good fucking time that, that sounds like like an extra layer to the hunt as long as we don't go to sweet tomatoes i gotta have some meat I, 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 I went to sweet tomatoes one time and i like they had like little tiny pieces of chicken you could put on the salad and i just like scooped it up by the freaking handful i just couldn't do it no nah, man i like i'm about to see if there's a fucking lubies and you know amarillo <laughs> There's an, I don't think there's a Lubies. I'm, like, uh, it was the fanciest <laughs> place Sizzler. we used to go to after, after church when I was a kid, man. But anyway, I digress. Thanks Furs for the, Cafeteria. Furs. We, we, my dad loved Shoney's. We go to Shoney's. Dude, let's find a I Shoney's. Shoney's. Shoney's still exists. I've got a Shoney's matchbook in my matchbook jar in the, in the, room, in the other room. In the, in the other room. Oh, hey, guys, I appreciate yeah. you like, hearing me on that, man, because that was kind of a an important thing for me like like i wrote it in my journal like 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 put post-it notes refer to this when you're when you think you're being an asshole and remind yourself oh shit i'm being an asshole like i'm i'm ignoring things i'm yeah claremont had 15 to wind it up 15 years on this shit but like that doesn't mean that it was all good i'm i'm glad that like they focused on this the other thing is, is that the all the women editors that were with him were really touchy feely with him, and it was really nice to see a guy that obviously banged everyone in the room, and they're still cool with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Sorry, Colin gets that like. Josh aspires to be Chris Claremont. I do not. No, he's bald. What's wrong with bald? There's nothing wrong with bald. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with bald. I'm only saying that because I would put a bullet in my head if I went bald. <laughs> oh, man. Just alienated women, alienating bald guys. Don't forget black guys that play basketball. I, yeah, I guess. Hey, uh, wait, I'm, I'm just fucking with you guys. I'm, just, I'm, I'm seriously just fucking with you guys right now. Uh He's going to turn 40 and go bald, and he's going to lose his mind. It's going to be a whole oh, thing. Man. Yeah, I've seen him you know, you know, you know what he's going to have, Colin? He's huh? going to get a new hat. Oh, goddammit. He's going to get a new hat. Oh, goddammit. It's going to happen. He's going to have a hat for every day of the week. I'm going to go bald, and out. it's going to go straight to my ass. And you guys are going to laugh, laugh at me all the way to the bank. You're going to have an ass hawk? Yeah, I'm going to have an ass hawk, and you're going to laugh at me all the way to the bank when I start making my OnlyFans, pay for my goddamn McFarlane figures. With my long you, guys, you, better get, you better get on that before you lose your hair. <laughs> Just fuck with you guys. Yeah, start, you better, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, last, before oh my we get into the, last before we get into comics. That epic, what is it, the uh, crypto and the super dogs. Oh, for God. A league, the league of super pets? Yeah. Hey, I Legion. haven't heard of it. 
B, you texted it to me like, hey, don't forget to watch this trailer. And I'm like, why? Like, why? What? We're making a movie of it? And then I, you know, I see the trailer and I'm like, okay, it's animated, whatever. The Rock doesn't even talk. That's... Yeah, not nobody talks in that trailer. Nobody. Crypto was right, tell us about it. it. Yeah, it's going to be another little buddy film with him and fucking Kevin Hart. Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah. You, I, 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 I enjoy Manji, it. Gold. It's a good movie. I did not like that. Manji, Central Intelligence Central was Intelligence amazing. Central Intelligence was great. That was hilarious. <laughs> I gotta see that. That was it, was, it was really goddamn good. The opening scene alone is amazing, and then for you to see the transformation, and oh yeah, it's solid. And the rocket, his love of unicorns. <laughs> All right. He really, he really shit on fucking Deadpool, man. Which, by the way, leading into comic books, Deadpool and X Force right now. Uh, I'm gonna sound off on our list here. We've got Joker number four, Batman Detective three of six, Batman Detective Comics. 1037, X-Force number 20, Marauders number 21, Hellions number 12, Savage Avengers number 21, Immortal Hulk number 47, Dune's House of... Is it Tyrates? Atreides, House of Atreides. Atreides? Dune, House of Atreides. From Boom, 1 through 7, and Octera number 4. Uh, which one do you gentlemen want to do first? Tony? Tony, your choice. Oh, all right, I'll go with Noctera then. Noctera number 4, Image Comics. So we start out, Val and M are still young, and they're in their house. Their parents, who have been turned, are banging on the basement door. Their language is completely... Can't, can't understand a word they're saying at this point because they are so far gone due to the disease. And here they are, trying to figure out what they should do. La lengua es malo. These two kids... If they make a run for it, they might be able to make it to safety. If not, their parents are going to bust through this door and eat them. M, the younger child, has found their their father's gun. Val, the older child, wants to make a run for it. But M is like, we have to stay and wait. Help is on its way. And which way do they go? And then we come to current day. M himself is now infected. Val and Bailey are entering into Tipton, the town where they hope to find the light that will save M. As they break into Tipton, they're attacked by um, the shadow creatures. can't remember what they're called right now. <laughs> and as they bust in, they get, they get the light they're looking for, and they go back to the, uh, the trailer to unlock M who jumps out at them, but they're able to utilize the light to bring M back to his senses. Now back at the home base, Bellwether is looking to find out information on Blacktop Bill, the, the creature that has killed Bailey's grandfather and is hunting down everybody else. Um, she's looking to talk to Mother Hubbard, which is his call name, trying to find out information on Bill. And Bill's like, oh, I got to go, you know, uh, over. And he calls him on a private line because it turns out that nobody talks about Blacktop Bill because he's just known for killing everybody. 
and we come back quickly. Like not even and, like not even mention his name, like Voldemort type thing. Yeah, like he, he, you mm. can't mention him over the airwaves. So we go to quickly to Blacktop Bill, and he's talking to his boss, whoever that is. We don't know as of yet. Talking about how he's going to get everybody and get this, you know, get the situation handled. And we see Bailey's grandfather, the guy who created the knights and brought all these these shadow creatures to Earth. And he's being transformed into one of these creatures himself while he is they're barreling down the highway and he is tied to Blacktop Bill's car awesome. on the roof. We getting a splash page on this? Uh, no, just a just mm-hmm. a couple of little. It's split into four pa- uh, four parts. Nice. Yep, four panels, and the the last panel is you know her grandfather tied to the hood of his tr- of his car, screaming, and his boss asks him what's that noise, and he j- and Bill just says, "Oh, just the wind, chief." <laughs> Fuck it, brother. Don't worry about it. Don't ask no questions about my business. Pretty much. So they're making their Bailey and well, not Tara. Um, Bailey and Val are in there, and the harpoons that Bill used to break to break into their trailer last issue are slowly draining the batteries out of the out of the uh, out of their car, out of their truck. And they're just trying to make it to the next place as quickly as they can before the battery gives out. And 100 meters from their next destination, the entire the car, the trailer just goes dead. <clears throat> and they decide to make a break for it. And as they're running out, all the all the uh, all the shades they refer to them, the nightmare creatures. Are chasing them down. They're trying to make you know make a break for it, and they're just inches from the door. And then the whispers come, and they know that the human shades are coming for them. And right then, somebody opens the door for them, and it's the brother of Bailey's grandfather, the other man who actually brought these creatures to Hell Earth yeah. in the first place. Hell yeah. Is he is he, he, the, he is he the scientist that fucked up? Yep, the, the, the sign, yeah, him, <laughs> him and his brother are the scientists that screwed everything. And he's like, "My name's Tiberius. I'm Guy's. Bro- I'm Gus's brother. You're safe now." And as they crawl into the cave, which is basically it looks like the door to the cave is like a, a bank vault almost. Um, Val is just. She can't believe what she, her, her eyes are. She's holding her brother's hand, you know, her in her infected brother. And for the first something, she's you know she can't believe her. She can't believe what she's seeing, because for the first time in 13 years, she saw sunshine. And there's a picture of of light bouncing off a flower, to end the issue. That's a big deal. The the only thing I have reference to that is in the Matrix Revolutions. They're about to die. Everything sucks. It's it's not, it's not going to go well. When Trinity gets to see the sky, when she gets to see the the, the sun, the first person yeah. in X amount of years, that like that that's 
what do you think the emotional quality of this this book really hinges on? Is is it the fact that everything is completely fucked up and it's post apocalyptic, or is it one of those things where where we're trying to find some more human aspects of ourselves within the story to enjoy things better? Like these things don't happen accidentally. No, I think the whole thing kind of you know centers on hope. So that's the difference between Val and em- Emery, is that Emery's got hope. You know, he's his the whole reason he got infected in the first place is that he was trying to uh, bring sunshine to a little bit of grass, and he always hoped that things were going to get better and things were going to go back to normal, which for obvious reasons resonates with the state of the world right now. And freaking Val was always a realist, like, you know, I'm just I'm just doing my job. I'm just we're just trying to survive and I'm gonna protect me and I'm gonna protect you because you're my brother. And that's you know, it's two different it's it's two different ways to look at the same problem. And, you know, she didn't need she she was only taking this job for the money and for the hope because uh Emery was already infected in that issue one. But the, the grandfather had promised her like a big spotlight that would help hold off the spread of the disease to her brother. So she was willing to take this job for the money and to help her brother, which is, you know, her character traits to a T. Right. But at the same time, she was, you know, Emery was hoping that this was going to be the fix to finally start fighting back against these shade creatures. And, you know, now we see, you know, we've got, you know, things have gotten astronomically worse. We've got these shades. And we, the grandfather's been turned. And freaking, you know, we've got this Blacktop Bill character and his crew. To, I mean, you know, it, like you said, it's kind of Voldemortish, where it's like, you know, he's the big bad. But apparently on top of that, there's somebody on top of him that's his boss that we're going to eventually meet at some point, which, you know, if he's going to be worse than Blacktop Bill, he's got to be terrifying. Who did the art again? Was it a Qbert? Uh, no, or, Tony, or is it Tony Daniel? Yep, Tony Daniel. Yeah, Qbert did um, the detective, right? It's one of the it's one of the Qberts. Yeah, Qbert did detective. How do you feel Andy Qbert? How do you feel about these guys from the '90s that like their stylization like define the '90s in certain different genres? that are coming back. Oh, yeah. Like, do, do, do you mind it? Do you feel like they're, like, it's the old guard, like we were talking about earlier? Uh, no, I just, I just enjoy the art. You know, freaking it's, you know, because certain, certain artists kind of feel right on certain projects, I would say. Right. And, you know, you know, both of these two art, you know, artists are different, but like, I feel like they both kind of fit in with what they're doing. Like uh, I can't remember who the who the artist on Martian the last Martian Manhunter miniseries was. It did twelve issue arc. Oh, look it up. And like the it was just so it was very cartoony. And I remember like I really enjoyed it for Martian Manhunter, but like the, I think the same artist ended up doing the Flash for a spell, and I hated the art on the Flash, just because it felt like the characters just did. It just didn't work. Riley Riley Rosamo. I see. I, I I only read the first three of the latest Martian Manhunter. That was like a uh, god. It was like a year ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was about a year ago. Riley Rosamo. I, I 
I, I'm so glad you brought that up because it was an odd thing because Martian Manhunter came out right at the same time as the new Shazam, and the new Shazam mm-hmm. was like totally blown up, like super detailed, oh my god, gorgeous, but there was all these chances happening in Martian Manhunter, which kind of begs the question, like, this is the comic to do it in. And, yeah. uh, no, I dig that, man. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I gotta find that. I only got the first three. I've got the, yeah, no, uh, the, whole, the whole series was solid. Just freaking like I said, it just like, I think they're doing it. I think the same artist is working on Harley Quinn right now, and freaking uh, I haven't read Harley Quinn, but freaking it might it might work for Harley. I could see it working. God, the question is which one? Like, um, by the way, I've been meaning to tell you this. If I forgot to, I apologize. But the uh, Harleen series, the Black Label from last year, just the entire series mm-hmm. just popped up on the. Um, on the DC app. Uh, I, I ran, oh, nice. uh, Colin remembers me ranting and raving about that last year. I did every single yeah. issue. Riley Ross. And, uh, let's see. Hey, oh, he was, God, he did all that crazy shit on Constantine that fucked me up. I dig this guy. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Yeah, I think like, certain artists just excel with certain characters. So. Cool. Yeah, now think about it. I think you're right on the Constantine. Yeah, okay, I can see that. He did, uh, I think he did the Constantine... Oh, he did Cowboy Ninja Viking? Hell yeah. Yeah, this guy's artwork is amazing. Cowboy Ninja Viking was one of the ones that was flying off the shelf when I got back into comics back in uh, 2017, 2018. I'm trying to look up his Hellblazer to make sure I'm not wrong. John Constantine. Let's see if my fingers find it. Yep, that's him. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So Colin, what about you, Colin? What do you want to set us up on? Colin, give us some doses of the Dune. Yeah, this is uh, this is a lot to unpack, so I'm going to try to confine it. Uh, we've talked about Dune in the past. It's one. Of, I mean, I love the the Dune movie from uh, 1984 that David Lynch did, and it stars a lot of fascinating actors, and it's. You know, the production design and the costumes. This doesn't really have as much to do with that because this is a prequel. So Boom Studios has the license to do Dune right now. And this all coincides with the release of the new remake of Dune. Uh, I can't think of the kid's name that's playing Paul Atreides, but I know Zendaya's in it. And um, uh, Batista's in it. Uh I, it's just chock full. I think it's. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a hit. I think it's going to be awesome because it looks like it's faithful. Um, so, <clears throat> what you have is Brian Herbert wrote Dune, and then he wrote the sequels. Well, he died, of course, and his son got paired up with Kevin Anderson, who wrote some Star Wars novels I read when I was a kid and a bunch of other stuff. And they kind of looked at, let's make some prequels to do, and we can keep this going, and maybe we can use some of the sequel notes, and we can write additional sequels and fill in the gaps. So House of Trades came out several years ago, more than 10 years ago, and it was part of the part of a trilogy. It was House Trades, House Harkonnen, and House Carino. So these are these are the names of some of the uh, Landsrad houses that make up the imperium of dune uh the dune universe and there are a lot of there are a lot of like 
power structures going on in Dune. There's um, there's the Imperium, and people are all invested in this. You have people who are ensurfed or subjects to various Landsrad world owners, and then you have the Emperor who's in charge of that. And he uh, everybody pays five pays fealty to the Emperor and pays taxes towards him. And uh, then you've got the the guild navigators. Well, you you can't go anywhere in space without these characters. These are heavily mutated people who have developed into people. They they can space fold you from any point in the universe to any other place. And that's the thing is, you can't do anything without them. If you want to wage war on somebody, you are dependent on the navigators. And then the navigators, they can't fold space without the use of the spice. And the spice uh, is under the control of the emperor who provides it to the to the navigators. So that's one of the powers. It's a power like it's a circle. So then, the thing is, the spice only comes from one place in the entire universe, and that's the planet Arrakis, also known as Dune, and that's a quote from everything. So these, this prequel takes place immediately preceding the original Dune novels. Um, and this is, the, this is the beginning of what could be a, just, a, just like a, uh, an ongoing series. House Atreides would eventually end, and then they would do a House Harkonnen and a House Carino. Um, and then they could even go back farther to the Butlerian Jihad, which starts everything. And it's like a thousand years even before this story. So there are what, like, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, at least eight concurrent plots going on in this in this book, and it will progress through the other or progress through the other books as well. Um, <clears throat> basically, you've got all of the characters you read about or watched in the original Dune novel, and they're just slightly younger. So Duke Leto is an early teen, and we get to see him running around and doing stuff with his father, who is the Duke, Paulus Atreides. Um, you've got uh, you've got the uh, Imperial planetologist Liet Kynes, who you you meet in Dune. He is sent to Arrakis at the beginning of this story to figure out where does the spice come from. How do what you know? We're obviously using it as this amazing product that keeps us all alive for hundreds of years. It uh, allows us to fold space. It does all these crazy things. It makes us capable of expanding our minds and consciousness to something that is way beyond what we can do. Why does it only come from this one planet? How can we? Could we find a way to duplicate it some other way, etc.? So he's sent there to try to start figuring this out. But when he gets there, he becomes obsessed with the ecology, and he wants to find the Fremen, who are the natives of this world. They're still human, and he wants to to know what they know about it. But they're extraordinarily secretive, and they're also being held under the thumb of the Harkonnens, who are ruled by the evil Duke or the evil Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. How evil? And his, How evil? Like they are. These are the most. Uh, despicable villains. Like, like, do they revel? Do they do they revel in being evil? Like, <laughs> we're so evil. Or are they no, just... they're 
there is no benchmark for evil that the Harkonnens haven't set. Uh, they they fight and murder people in their own family. They kill kill on a whim their own subjects, especially people from other worlds. They rape, they pillage, they do this the, like the sneaky mafia crap. Like, oh yeah, we're supposed to get taxed on this, but we're going to hide our own store of it in case we need to sell it off or something like that. I mean, it's like it's petty stuff and it's gigantic, horrific crimes. I have seen. I haven't seen them exactly perform genocide, but like, yeah. I mean, like, they have a brother who controls a fiefdom on a small planet called Lankvale. That sounds like you know Norway or something. A cold, beautiful place, and they have whales. And his own brother, uh, or his own uh, nephew, Raban, comes in and is like, "Yeah, we're gonna hunt the whales out here to extinction." And it's going to poison the waters. They're like, no, don't do that. I mean, it's just, it's awful stuff that they do. Um, these guys, like, are it. You know, the evil galactic empire may go around destroying a planet here and there to oppress an entire galaxy. Okay. But we don't see them raping people. We don't see them just, It's not you deplorable. Know, it's, it's just crazy. Like... Okay, so one of the plot characters is Duncan Idaho. He's an eight-year-old child, and he is being hunted all over the capital city of, on the planet Gidi Prime, where the Harkonnens rule their section of the universe from. And uh, Raban, Beast Raban, is chasing him down, and then he's like, you know, they capture him, and they're like, you got to do better. you got to make it more of a sport for us. And... Uh, uh, they call him by his service number. He's like, that's not my name. I'm Duncan Idaho. And he's like, then they just kill his parents in front of him. And he's like, you don't have a name or anything now. You're just what we're going to hunt. His plot line gets him to the point where he's capable of escaping. And he is taken to the Atreides world because they are the arch nemesis of the Harkonnens. Uh, and he's like, awesome, cool. I have, I have evaded the Beast Raban. I've been hunted on Giddy Prime. I have escaped through space. I have arrived on the wrong side of Caladan. And now I have served people and I have been like the ship's boy all the way around to the other continent so that now I can find my way to find service to Duke Paulus Atreides in an effort to fight the Harkonnens one day. And his story gets bigger and more, more amazing as it goes on because he'll eventually become a Dina's swords master, like a perfect warrior. And then he'll find his way into Dune. Like he grows up, he becomes an adult by the time of that story. So it's, it's just, it's fascinating to see him come in simultaneously. We will also end up seeing Gurney Hallux rise to becoming a member of the household of the Atreides. Uh, he was played of course by Patrick Stewart in the original movie. That awesome uh, band. He has not showed up yet. Sorry, what? In that awesome band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, uh, and then of course Duke Leto, he's not the Duke yet, he will he will become the Duke. He is sent to a planet called Ix, and uh, Ix is where all the Highliners are built. So when you go to space, you don't just fly to another planet, you fly into a Highliner, a gigantic vessel ship, 
And then the guild navigator who's inside of it space folds that whole thing. It disappears from reality and reappears exactly where it needs to be. And then you debark that thing in your spaceship and go to where you're going. He goes to Ix and he is going to learn. Uh, he's like on a study abroad thing. He's going to hang out with Romber Vernius, who is his um, peer as a guy that's going to lead a house one day. And uh, there's this petty, there's this petty problem that happened between the Earl of Ix, Dominic Vernius, who took a wife, Shando, the Lady Shando who had been the emperor, one of the emperor's many concubines. And the emperor is still kind of irritated about this. But then he takes a familiar name that Shando used to call Emperor Elrude, and Dominic Vernius says this name to the emperor in court, and he's like, oh, I'm going to destroy him. I'm just going to destroy him. Of course he will. So this, yeah, the, uh, the unbelievable pettiness of the vi- villains in these stories, you've just never seen anything like it. They they eventually make it possible for an invasion of Ix and ruining the entire family because, oh, like in addition to that, these new Highliners have like 13 percent more space. And so that's less taxation that I can get out of them. You know what? Let's just destroy them. Let's just destroy some of my own people. It'd be like just bombing the crap out of Texas. Let's just get rid of Texas or something. And uh, just over. A, on a, and so. <laughs> So you've got that plot line going on. They lose their planet. And so now you've got Dominic Vernius, his wife, Shando, and they're like, we've got to go renegade. We're taking our nukes and we're going to go hide somewhere. And we got to send our kids. We can't keep them because if we do, they'll hunt us to extinction. we got to have our, our heirs. So Romber and uh, Kyla leave with... Duke Leto, and they go hide out on uh, on the Atreides homeworld of Caladan, and eventually this is going to form a relationship. But it's like one of those high court things where, yes, I'm in love with you, but I can't marry you because you don't have any property, you don't have a tithe. There's nothing. Like you can be my concubine, but you were and you were supposed to be a, a lady that would help us all develop, but you cannot be that person for me. I can't marry you. But And that's what's going to be the problem in the future, having read these novels. These comics are a direct, uh, a direct like, retelling in, in this graphic format of these novels. There, is, there are, like I say, eight major plot points carrying through or story arcs with all these characters. There is a ton of change, a ton of st- material happening here. It all leads into the Dune novel. And, like... I just I'm really glad that this is coming out. It's really worth it. The comics are in really uh they're really well presented. The covers are heavy duty cardstock. You've got a variety of different um uh cover art if you want to. Jay Lee did variant covers on these and I've got a few freaking, of those are gorgeous. Yeah, they're really are, nice. Are they all die cut? Uh, yeah, they are. The odd thing is that what my my non J Lee cover issue has a a strange kind of. I don't know if the blades weren't very sharp when they cut these pages or what, but the uh, but some of the but the interior paper is kind of pulped along the edges. I've never seen that before. It seems like 
I don't know if that's like a manufacturing error. I don't know if it was a flaw. I don't know if it whatever, but uh, or if it happened to anybody else's issues. But it is what it is. Um, the uh, I mean, you're fi- you you get mo- several two or three pages dedicated to each of these plot lines per issue, and I've read up to issue seven. And I, I just belted through them all today. I've been stockpiling these for a while and thought I'll get to this eventually. And I did. And it's uh, it's really, really good. The artwork is totally, totally consistent. Um, I appreciate that every character looks identifiably different from every other character. Just because a guy happens to have a beard, he doesn't look identical to this other guy that's got a beard. Here's a bald guy. He still has facial features that are very different. And when, you, when, when you're looking at somebody from a profile, when you're looking at somebody from a dramatic upshot or in the dark, they still have something that says specifically, that's, that's Duncan Idaho hiding in the, sh- in, the, in the darkness. All of the Harkonnens typically have a similar appearance. They all kind of come from this, I don't know, like, baltic quality they all have like red gold hair that's in a particular style and yet all of these characters look individually different from one another and i'm just i praise let's get into this let's see i praise dev Pemer permanent as the illustrator for doing such a good job the uh the uh inking is quite good as well the coloring is really good and then one of the things about dune as a franchise that is also consistent no matter who seems to be writing it or working it is there's always interior monologue and it's well presented here it's not that in thought bubbles it's just like hey here's my interior monologue the letterer went in and just did it just printed everything out it's a little bit smaller and you know this guy's thinking to himself he's not just muttering under his breath to people or whatever whoever it happens to be uh it works. It really, really works. This this translate translates very well to a comic that I want to keep getting, and I want to see it go through all of these, because what's more, I want the Butlerian Jihad. These novels, these prequel novels, are so dense that by the time you finish a chapter about you know focusing on Crown Prince Shaddam IV and Count Hasmir, you get to the next time you, you read about them, and it might be days, and you're like, what the hell were they doing last? And it always reiterates what has been going on. Oh, they're plotting to poison the emperor and blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to figure out how they can make artificial spice. And uh, are they using the Tleilaxu or are they trying to find a twisted Mentat and whatever? So that it's always reiterated. And that's something that I'm concerned about. You don't need it as a reader. But with that density of material, it's helpful, though... I feel like by the time someone gets the next issue of this, if they maintain their release schedule, they've got it under control. But if you got boned for like three months and you came back, you'd be like, what the hell's happening with this character? I don't even really know. But, uh, I mean, like I say, you've got stuff going on with the Emperor and and his son, the Crown Prince, and his bid to kill his father as fast as possible and take over the Empire. You've got the stuff that's going on in Arrakis, with the planetologist Stilgar is a young warrior in this, if you know who that is. Um, uh, the development, uh, the, the attempt to make the make Arrakis into an ecological paradise one day. Uh, the whole business with Duncan Idaho. You've got the the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen 
being who is a homosexual and disgusted. He's personally disgusted by the concept of human mating is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, blackmailed by the Bene Gesserit witches into helping them to create an, not an heir, but they want his seed in a natural childbirthing setup so that they can continue to create the uh, the genetic breeding program they've been working on for tens of thousands of years to develop the super being. And the question is, is it going to skip a generation? Have they screwed up everything? What's going on with this? And how are they going to con him into doing this? Uh, and of course, we know from, you know, reading Dune and, the, and, the, and watching the movie and everything that Paul Atreides ends up being that super being. Uh, and he's not even born until the end of this third book. So that's all part of it. Like, how do we get to that point? How do you feel Questions about this as a fan with the movie oh. coming out, man? This is this is a big deal. Like, this, this is kind of a conundrum. Like, because the original Dune film was done by David Lynch. Like, it's like yep. it's kind of a, a, a do not do this, but shit on anything that David Lynch has ever done. But uh, a lot of people don't really like that movie. And but it, It's complicated, yeah. And we've got it. Is, is it Fincher doing the next one? Uh, you know what? I gotta look that up. I I don't remember. Actually, is, let, what do you guys I'll, look that I'll, up? I'll look that up. I'll look that up while you tell us why. Or how you feel was about doing. The new movie. But what what's going on with with the the original movie is a masterwork and a terribly confusing mess at the same time. Uh, it was unwatchable to a lot of people people needed gigantic needed lobby cards that explained look all the crazy stuff that i just unpacked is is a big deal it's very difficult to create a marvel cinematic universe when you don't have a standalone thor movie and a standalone hulk movie blah 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 to introduce all of that stuff so you have eight plot lines going on here it's a vast universe and it's, and uh, the original movie doesn't spend any time really setting up anything. It just kind of drops you in and it says, here's something that you've never conceived of. Ensurfment, you know, uh, navigators, the Bene Gesserit witches. You're like, what the hell is going on? At least Star Wars is palatable in like, here's shit you would never have expected coming at you. And Ben's going to explain it and... The droids are going to get, you know, give you a hologram and blah, blah, blah. Like, you can get somewhere with that. This is so vastly hardcore sci-fi that it's it's unapproachable for most general moviegoers. So I want, if if the movie takes a second to explain, you know, these are the Fremen and this is why they exist or whatever, then it'll, then it'll work. The problem with, the, furthermore, problems with the original Dune movie was that it was being produced by uh, Dino De Laurentiis and his daughter Raffaella, who I don't have a problem with them. I, I don't I don't diss them for doing what they wanted to do, but essentially David Lynch was furious because he did not have the creative control he wanted because producers had the creative control over the project. And did, let me tell you something, I have just worked on a movie very much like that. And it's frustrating as hell. 
because suddenly you've got three people coming at you telling you what they want all the time. And it's like, I, who the hell am I supposed to talk to? Who am I supposed to take direction from every day? It's no wonder that he, David Lynch essentially disowned the project. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know why I thought it was uh, David Fincher. No, I was completely wrong. It's uh, Dennis uh, Villanueva. Villanueva? Uh, Villanueva. Yeah, that's that's how you say it. Yeah, that's he's the director. Yeah. I don't know why I, I thought. I, I don't know why I thought Fincher. I was. I, I don't know why. Like maybe like Alien Three popped in my head. Dude, I, you know, I mean, I go back and. Alien 3 is an unfortunate mess. I like the director's cut. It's way more way more interesting. I mean, I would love for there to be a Dune version or a David Lynch version of the, of the original Dune that he accepts and appreciates and like give us a re-release of that. Because you if you guys have never seen this, there is nothing like the production design of that movie that you've ever seen in anything else. The only thing that comes close is Flash Gordon. And there's nothing like the costumes. This is this is like molded foam rubber costumes before anybody was really, really doing that. There's uh, this this cast of actors is incredible, incredible. And they at least were consistent in like, how cartoony are we gonna get? How serious should we take this? But it's it is a confused a contrived bunch of situations that are all going on. And then you lose characters halfway through the movie at inopportune times for the formula that Western cultures want to see. And what? We just lost a major character that we've been, we've lost like seven major characters just now. Like everybody's plot lines just get snipped. And then it's like, who do we have left? It's just this guy and his mom. Like that's screwed up. And it's like, well, where are they going and what are they going to do? It's just disjointed. It just jerks you around. But, like, people love the book because it's the same plot with the same story beats. But for whatever reason, it's it just doesn't uh, it doesn't just uh, spin you around on a merry-go-round. It just makes sense to people. So what's up with this uh, Children of Dune to, to uh, this DVD set where we've got uh, Professor X? Vomit. James, uh, what? Oh, wait, no, what? McAvoy. James McAvoy, yeah. Okay, so a lot of Dune fans have gone in and said, yeah, that stuff is way more faithful to the book. Children of Dune is a sequel. So in the late 90s, I think it was, do you see the, the, the date on that? I'm looking at it right now. It was either late 90s or 2000 or something. Sci fi channel tried to make a dune representation and released it on on their network and um i hate it i hate it the production design is abysmal the May special 20th, effect 2003 okay they are a freaking joke like it looks it is so made for tv it looks as bad as as some of the stuff that came out in the early 80s their budget like Dune demands an enormous budget because there there are so many characters that d- demand high budget actors being attached to them, and that's what I think makes the original great. It costs a ton to make that movie, and then the Sci-Fi Network one is so so crayon. It's the crayon version of Dune. I hate it. Like, 
And then they, they were like, okay, well, that was moderately successful. We had William Hurt. And I'm like, William Hurt is the only guy that was in the movie? And they're like, they're, they're expand, they expand his... His, they expand his characters as Duke Leto because they're like, well, let's make him last because people are tuning in to watch William Hurt. It's like, so halfway through the movie when he gets killed, you know, like, you, yeah, it just it just frustrates me. Yeah, and then the sequel, Children of Dune, that is the direct sequel. One of the things that drove people crazy, like, you might be a Dune fan. Yeah, I'll get on it. One th- is that, you know, you might be a Dune fan, but then J- Frank Herbert, as a writer, took things... The sequel might happen a thousand years later. The next book might happen ten thousand years later, because it's it, it, it's it's like I say, you know, it's it's not about the characters; it's about the universe and where it's all going and what it takes to create godhood. It's not about Paul. It's not about Leto. It's not about any of these characters after a fashion. What happened at this time, and who happened to be alive to propel it? So what I appreciate about it is, as a Western reader, I want more with those characters. So that's why I've always liked that Brian Herbert and Kevin Anderson managed to pull this off. And I, they've, done a, they've done a good job. And I'm glad to see this, this, this book out there. It'll be a nice, packed-together graphic novel. It's probably going to go 12 issues. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to enjoy if I'm not constantly staring at Jay Lee art. Yeah, the Jay Lee art is only only pertains to the covers. Um, we, you know, when it comes to Jay Lee, we are we are lucky that we get an occasional graphic novel with that kind of astonishing work and that consistency. Uh, I still go back and I think of his like GI Joe and Transformers that he did the interior artwork on, and I'm like. Oh God! It just seems like such a waste of his talents. It looks cool. It's amazing, you know. Jay Lee Snake Eyes, Jay Lee Megatron. It's just like, what? But it was freaking. It was freaking awesome. What was that? Was that Dynamite or what? What, what was that? IDW. When did they do that? I don't remember, man. It's been a while. That one's been yeah. Top one of those, Cow. Like... Even Top Cow. Oh man. <laughs> God, I miss Top Cow being like. I mean, the darkness and witchblade. Right? <coughs> I gotta put yeah. that on. I gotta put it on my right. list for the hunt. So I'm like all pissed off that I left my journal at work today, and like I don't know how I did that. Um, constantly have to take notes about random shit, and yeah, I need all witchblade. Guys, we're back from a pee break. I'm really happy because I went to the uh, cupboard and found my favorite favorite snack. Is it bachelor chow? <laughs> Some chicharrones. I gotta say, I've been a fan of the bacon it since I can remember being conscious. But these Kroger, <laughs> Kroger brand are fresher and spicier. I'm putting it gotcha. over. We gotta be putting careful about over. this next one because we have to. What do you want? Do you want to do Batman first or uh, the um, X Men Hellfire Club Gala? Uh, let's do detect the Batman the Detective real quick just to get it out of the way. Let's, I feel like Gala's going to take a minute. Gala's going to take a bit. This was a hard-hitting issue, wasn't it? We got number three here. He is rescuing his former uh, professor in crime slash following people and disappearing. Sorry, guys, my window's open. I live in, like under a path of an airport. 
Cool. It's a, it's a scorching 60 degrees here in Colorado. So I had to open the window. Scorching. It's terrible. Excuse me. How will we survive? <laughs> Do not butcher my language, American. Ah, fuck this French guy. I love this. <laughs> this French assassin gets a boot to the face. This was glorious. Right in front of the Louvre. Yep. What's the first thing that stood out to you, man? Well, I like the. I, I, I'm really into the idea of learning about the people who trained Batman. So I'm really interested in the in the Henry Ducard character. We only got because a, this is. We only got a little taste of it in the in the in the books and in in the show because like, that we only saw a little bit when they first did the big uh, Raza Ghul reveal, right? Oh, right. Yeah, Raza Ghul. Um, Zatara Zatanna is another one they kind of focus on quite a bit. Um, but yeah, other than that, really, it's not too much. Every you know, every now and then you get somebody. But I like the fact that they're kind of focusing in on how Bruce went after. And, oh, and the guy that uh, trained him and Ghostmaker recently got a, a little bit. So, but this is like really the first time we got into. You know how they met and the training and whatnot, which is super cool. I like the intro here, it's especially because it's like, "Why are you following me?" Actually, <clears throat> over here, uh, he's not following you. He's following me. I'm following you. Oh, by the way, <laughs> and fuck you too. <laughs> and like the incoming explosion, they're in front of the Louvre. I mean, like he smashes this guy's face. He so just teeth break in, in this in this page. Batman's got his little uh, Bush League, uh, what do you see, his, his trainer utility belt? Yeah. Let's see some, uh, see some rope, see a pocket, some clamps, some handcuffs, nothing too sophisticated. Hmm. Alright, so as we're moving on, how, how does it, like, uh, where does it really happen for you when... He's trying to rescue his mentor, or when they're doing the flashbacks when his mentor is like hung over his shit. Yeah, that's you know that was a good one. The the hangover, and he's like he's ready to go at seven a.m. and he's like we're not even going to start till noon. And then like, but he turns around, and he actually makes a valid point, being like, "You need to do this at night. You know that way you have the shadows and less people are out, so you're less, you know, you're less likely to get caught." Oh, you know. He seems like a drunkard, but then at the same time, he just what he's saying makes sense, and he you know, Bruce gets a lot out of it. It's, you know, and, and he talks about them like him making friends with the local, uh, you know, the police, and knowing you know how to talk to them and bringing a, bringing them a drug lord and a bottle of Shiraz. That that's that that like I'm looking at that panel right now. I brought you a drug lord and a bottle of Shiraz. Ah, a classic pairing. But this is one of the things that sticks out the most to me in this issue is the fact that he's pointing out, like, dude, you can't do this by yourself. Pure, yeah. and, pure and simple. You, you, you just can't. And where, where we're flashing back at all the times that Batman's done some things by himself or reluctantly or just wouldn't accept the fact that he had help, Azrael, whatever Robin, uh, whatever... Um, part of the cult of the bat um you, you you say that but he's always got commissioner gordon 
that's on. the first that's the first thing I thought when freaking they, this little thing right here where they're talking about you need friends. You know, who who's Batman's first guy he's gonna go to? Commissioner Gordon. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I can see the whole the whole thing. This this like one moment here led to the you know establishing the relationship between Batman and Gordon. I absolutely love that because he only is depending on one guy. Yep. He's only dependent on one guy with a bunch of people that are going to do everything that Gordon says, whether it's Montoya or the fat guy eating donuts. Um, Bullock. I love Bullock. <laughs> I love Bullock too, but even then, he's still just the fat guy eating donuts to me, man. And we we get these like the the training here. He's he's tracking down a uh, a book. A, would you would you call it a bookkeeper, or a book cooker for a international mob syndicate? Old little. Old little bald man. He's like what four foot one. Bookkeeper, yeah, definitely a bookkeeper. And mm-hmm. he, he underestimates him. Gets the old blackjack to the back of the head, and, and mm-hmm. then wakes up, tied to a chair. <clears throat> I know you're awake. Answer me. Are you a contract killer? Do you work for the police or both? He's fucked. These guys don't take yes or no. They take oh yeah, I, I work for the FBI. This is my name. This is my number. Like he, he's not gonna. Accept an answer like, "Hey, I just know who you are, and I'm just practicing." This is me just setting. It. This is me just working on stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Ducard ends up coming in, you know, putting a gun to the guy and just blowing him away. And that's freaking, you know, it's Batman's one thing you don't kill. And like they talk about it earlier, where freaking the guy pulls the gun on Ducard where they first meet. You know, Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne freaks out on him and is like, you know, you know, and he points it out. He's like, why do guns bother you so much? You know, we all we all know the answer, but, you know, he doesn't talk about it. Right. But that one thing leads to Bruce turning in his mentor. Like at the end of the day, Batman still got, you know, his moral compass, you know, even, you know, especially with the guy sitting here with his eye blown out because a guy that's training him was like. No. no. Even when his own life is, you know, on, his own life is on the line, he still won't kill another person. The, the the thing that really hit me on this one was, if you think about it, if Batman had the same mentality as Mister Ducard here, he'd be out of a job. <laughs> if he put a bullet between the Riddler, Joker, Catwoman, <clears throat> Clayface, buried him, like, or boiled him. Finished off all these crazy ass uh, assholes that they mentioned in uh, a day. Like, yeah, you can you can either be a, a uh, regular ass criminal, get your ass beat by uh, uh, Batman, and spend your your life in jail, or you can be one of the crazy assholes in costumes and get released every two three years. It really got me, really got me thinking about that. I get his moral compass, but if he put a bullet in the, you know, chop the head off or whatever you want to do, and I'm not trying to be morbid, like. Whatever he's got to do to end some supervillain, Gotham would be a nice and tidy, pretty place. I think Josh just cracked it. I think freaking Batman's <laughs> behind A Day. <laughs> it's it's you know man. That's where that's where that's where the, that's where the swerve is going to come, dude. The swerves like and, and y'all are laughing, but you don't see it swerves. Rigs up. It it totally does, especially like what are we going to get some. I mean, we can theorize about like you know Batman's do, doing a fucking Tyler Durden thing, or or like there's some half thing going on in his head, or. But even then, what if he just finally had enough? And, 
I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. <clears throat> like, I would love, I'm not going to say that I want to see, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a story where Batman's just like, okay, they killed Robin, they killed Alfred, they came after me, somehow they figured it all out, and they came after me, and they knew who I was, and I'm going to return the favor. And he goes out and he eliminates them one after the next, like mini bosses, and, uh, you know, culminating in whatever battle he's got to have. And it could be an Elseworld, or I don't care what. It could be its own entire thing. I, I, I think that would be badass. It'd be entertaining to watch. Especially if Gordon was, like, totally okay with it. Fuck it, man. You guys are assholes. No, 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 no. Gordon's got to be the, the moral compass. Gordon's got to stay where he's at. And, like, what that, if we that, that's where the head? interplay comes in. <clears throat> Thank what you. if somebody else was that person... Because at a certain point, Gordon's looking at it and is like, we've got enough evidence on all of these characters that there's not one one of them that wouldn't get the death penalty. It's funny you say that because uh, that's what uh, he's leading into right now. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Both of us chewing. Man, I got this big-ass bag of chicharronis. It's delicious. What are you eating? Some Girl Scout cookies? Five? No, oh, I got a... Uh, it is a buffalo wrap. Nice. Buffalo chicken wrap. Buffalo chicken Leftovers for the wife. Mm. Dude. Uh, <clears throat> drink iced tea. Wife O. Morales can cook. Dude, the sliders <laughs> the sliders we had uh, two weeks ago, mm-mm-mm. Had like six of them. Awesome. Yeah, delicious. Can't blame yeah, no, he, But yeah, going back to the comic, though, we end up, you know, Ducard, he ends up saying, I'm going to take Ducard in. Uh, Ducard ends up making a run for it. And then we turn around years later. And Batman found him yet again over over another corpse. But, you know, and all Ducard can say is, hey, I, you know, hey, Bruce, I know this doesn't look good. Well, they start fighting. And freaking, you know, Batman ends up taking him in to a, the same hospital where he took the squire, not the squire, the knight, the same underground hospital. But then we turn around, and uh, Bruce President Wayne Day. is, yeah, President Bruce Wayne's in his freaking, you know, in his hotel room with the cops on this side of the door, and turns out they're arresting him for the death of Henry Descard. This is a swerve. This is a total swerve. <laughs> I don't think that from what we've seen of Henry, we've seen a couple things. He's ruthless. He always tells the truth, and he's got some sort of moral boundaries here. I like he he never he if he was really mad at Bruce for turning him in all those years, or beating his ass after you know defusing that nuclear bomb in London, would he really have sended the regular ass French SWAT team? <laughs> I think this is just a joke on him. I think this is a total joke. He's I, think, I think we're gonna, I, I think we ended up finding out that Ducard's working with the uh, the other people. So I would say I that, think that's where this is going. I would say that's too obvious, but this is issue what three of six. Three of six. Yep, we're halfway through. We're halfway through. This is like already like watching an episode of Law and Order, like two minutes into it, like and special starring the guy from Full House. Oh, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. It was John Stamos the it whole time. John Stamos John the whole Stamos. time. 
Um, I love the art in this. Like, I think that Kubert had a lot of fun and different uh, poses here, especially the hands up. But look how big he is. He's like Bane big when he's holding his hands up, and he's got four fucking frogs with guns in his face. And I said that mean, too, because I watched The Simpsons <laughs> making, making fun of the, the French. And he's like Bane big on this. Look, look at that jawline. Batman, the detective part three. Look at that. He's like... Yeah. I dug it. It was a nice tweener episode. Or issue. Yeah, we're definitely building up to the uh, the big reveal. What are you thinking? After the, we got two different vibrations here. We okay. Got, we got Gordon being the voice of reason. You know that direction. Or we can go the absolute insane thing that, like, he just got arrested in another issue. Yeah. Which one? You two. Well, Batman, I think Ducard saves him, but I think eventually we're going to get Ducard being part of the uh, the head of the group. That's going to be really disappointing. Like, uh, like, Captain, still, like you said, we're, we're halfway through already. There's... There's no extra characters other than maybe the uh, English... There's Knight and Robin. Squire. That's yep. it. The English Robin's mom mad about something. <laughs> God, I would I'll really... I'll Saber. I would really hate if that was true. <laughs> if the, I was just joking around on that, like, yeah, the... Uh, it was the mother in the library with the candlestick. With the candlestick <laughs> and the grudge against Batman. The whole time. Yep. Because that's the thing, who, you know, who else would, you know, the whole concept of this other crew is that they're killing people that Batman saved because they weren't meant to be saved. So, I mean, there, there's something there. There's got to be someone that shouldn't have been saved that became someone really bad, and that's the whole point of what they're after. Like, if Batman saved somebody that eventually we forgot was a supervillain that did something really, really bad and... Fucking guy's clown hunter. Not clown, clown the one person because he couldn't save <laughs> he couldn't save Clown Hunter's parents. It was Clown Hunter. Clown Hunter. We haven't seen him in a bit. I can't wait to see him in the pages of uh, Nightwing. That's he needs like Clown Hunter needs to be the Robin to Nightwing. That would be so fucking rad. I'm armchair booking that right now. Clown Hunter <laughs> oh, getting, right. getting getting trained by Nightwing as the, as Nightwing's Robin. Like he's way more of a loose cannon. Uh, but a lot less. No, trained. you'd put him. With, you'd put him with Red Hood. Red Hood. You'd put you'd put him with Red Hood. That way, freaking Red Hood would calm down a little bit because Clown Hunter would be even crazier than Red Hood. That's where that would go. Well, I'm only saying that because in the pages of Nightwing, we have got all the classic things going on. He's got a great HQ. It's an old abandoned building that he shouldn't be living in. He's got a three-legged dog. Him and Barbara are. It's gonna happen. But they're doing the the the. Uh, it's a will they won't they yeah. Yeah the the Diane and uh, <laughs> Sam thing and uh, why not? It's been a long time since that was pre-packaged for that me and a Happy Meal. But if it was given to me and within you know twelve issues, I wouldn't be opposed as opposed to drag it out for decades. But I do dig. Yeah, that would be really cool. Red Hood with this crazy asshole because they would fuel each other. You're perfectly right about that. They would fuel each other. Where Red Hood always goes off the off the fucking deep end and Batman and whatever Robin and whatever bat cult cultist of his is 
part of the story, you know, bring him back. Okay, I messed up. Shouldn't have done that. Or, or we, or we do a buddy cop, a buddy cop comedy. Him and Damien. Okay, so we need to delete this off the recording. The only, the only thing is, neither one of them. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they need a chauffeur. They need a chauffeur. Oh God, it's got to be someone. It's got to be a chick. We got to delete this off the recording because someone's gonna hear it and then. Next thing we know, in two years, it's going to happen. Like uh, a couple years ago, Colin and I, yeah, right. I had a really, I had a really bad day, and I left work, and I called him, and we, I drove around for probably about three hours just talking to this guy, and uh, we came up with three quarters of what Cobra Kai was season one. Oh, completely. Yeah, we totally laid it out. We laid, like, every little bit, this sun defecting over there, that sun defecting, like, it was like we were, like, they were listening the whole goddamn time. The, the, in 2014, I was so broke that I was at home, like, doing, redoing the interior of my mom's house, and I just kept listening to David Bowie and the Karate Kid 2 soundtrack score. Again and again and again, and I became obsessed with the Karate Kid. And then we started talking about Karate Kid all the time, talking about what it would have been like, like what if Johnny was this, and you know, like what if they were teaching and they had kids, yeah, it was kids defecting, and it was whose kids doing what and how they would become friends. And- Down to Johnny and oh and Daniel becoming like friends. Uniting the mm-hmm. dojos after the guy from part three <clears throat> comes back to help the guy from part one. Yeah, down yeah, the new the, and then there's the <coughs> teaser. We got Terry Silver coming back in season four. That guy had the best slick back hair ponytail of all time. Of all time, yeah, way better. Of all way time. better than uh, Steven Seagal. Oh, 100%. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but, uh, Tony, I'm, I'm giving you a choice. You want to go to Detective, you want to go to Joker. Uh, let's do Joker. Joker, God, this one kind of chapped me, man. I was not. Why is that? This the, the it's a tweener issue, man. And it, like after everything they've given us, meat and potatoes, like where we're stuffed, and the next thing we know we're still hungry, and they're giving us you know course after course. We get this mm-hmm. tweener issue where it's a lot of extrapolation of of Gordon's like. Should I? Should I not? Like, dude, come on. We already had three issues of this. Make up your goddamn mind. Do something. But we get interrupted with Lady Bane and uh, like, and forgive me, guys and, and gals and 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 whatever pronoun you choose. And I'm not being a dick saying that. I'm just saying that because uh, we don't know who the hell Ooh, she everybody. is. We don't know who the hell she is. She's got the she's got the mohawk. That's kind of a. Curly fro. Yeah, I think it's a pony. It's a ponytail. Looks like. I'm looking at this one page. I think it's just the action shot, and I thought it was more. Yeah. Of a, I thought it was more of a craven, like, you know, brown leather jacket thing. Like, shut the fuck up and do something, Gordon man. Like, we, like <laughs> oh, everyone here is like you're trying to do something, and you're you're you can't shit and get off the pot. This is this is Danny Glover on the crapper <laughs> in in three. And uh, two, two, was in, it two? Uh, lethal weapon two, yeah, it was yeah. two. And you know, Gordon gets gassed. Oh, like you know, they're they're what, what's her name? Like, not Cassandra. What's the name of the chick that's part of the owls? Chris- Chrisita. Chrisita. 
And, yeah, the, of course she doesn't have a goddamn ID card. Of course she didn't leave her social security card and her login or email lying around her goddamn hotel room. Like, or or locker at the, at the fucking gym. And, uh, God, you know, what are they waiting for when we get that night owl behind them? And, you know, behind her. Oh, the Talon? Yeah, we got a Talon. We got a Talon, but... Uh, Straight out of Suicide Squad. The brutality of sewing this... He didn't sew his lips together. He went up into his cheeks. What is he using? Like, it's... Oh, it looks on like... fire barbed wire? It's hot. Yeah, it's hot, it's hot metal. But yeah, no, he... Uh, first, though, we got, we got to back up a little bit here. We got that Texas... The Texas cannibal family. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got, we got We got Lady Bane and her... Her soldiers attacking where Gordon and Joker are at. The whole time, you know, freaking Joker's fighting Lady Bane and Gordon's trying to figure out if he's going to put a bullet in his head or not, like you said. And then we turn around and the cannibal... The Texas cannibal family, because, of course, uh, they end up running over Lady Bane with a bus... And then just walking out casually, killing people with knives. <laughs> you know, freaking we. You know, we got the little interplay here with Joker and Lady Bane afterwards. And then we get we get a uh, everybody gets gassed because you know it's Joker, and of course he set this up days if not weeks ago. Gas cans all over the entire facility, and you know Joker being you know never affected by any type of. Chemical warfare. Anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. I dig how psychedelic these scenes got with how all the letters change colors. Even the letters change colors as Gordon was going to this Lady Bane. And like I said, just whatever they're going to call her. Um, what are we backing up to? Like, you said, we like, okay, so we got the, the cannibals here. Here to mm-hmm. collect. He's going back to Texas. Lady Bane is like, nah, she's going back to the island. He's going to be executed. And we got Jim Gordon, who, what is he, like, the little buddy in this? This is kind of weird. Yeah, they kind of put they put Gordon in the back burner of this issue for sure. But, yeah, he's just kind of, you know, if he freaking, if he, you know, he's still kind of coming to terms with you. Is he going to give up his soul to save everybody else? That's really kind of what it, you know, in his mind, what it's coming down to. Does he give up everything he's built his career and even his life over the last several decades you know is it worth it to help everybody else you know to to you know damn himself to hell basically it's all being hinged on the fact that whether or not he's gonna like you know finish the joker off but like he he doesn't have the goddess for it and but at the same time though I don't feel Joker was torturing him at all. I think, like, when he's waving that hot poker in his face, I don't think he's waving it like he's going to, like, burn him. Like, he's like, you can listen to me, goddammit. Like, does it really matter if, whether or not the Joker was innocent for something? Is this what they're building to? Like, to build a, a new, like, foundation that every time someone frames the Joker, he's going to get mad and, you know, kill everyone that would try to frame him and everyone that's mad at him at the same time? Um... Well, yeah, I think I think in all honesty, I think he's almost insulted by it. Oh, he's one hundred percent insulted by. It. I mean, that's happened yeah. before. That's happened before even in the cartoon. Even like, ah, uh-uh, I didn't do that. I signed mine. He he signs his his work. He's an artist. Well, yeah, no, he th- he threatens Gordon, but he's you know, you know, I didn't you know for you know this time it wasn't me. 
you know, bases what he's saying. You know, and he's being framed by somebody. And, I mean, you know, I think you know, it's going to be Batman. Batman, Kyle J-Day. <laughs> I hope it is. That would be really cool. Because I would like to see, of all the things that have really happened since New 52 back in 2012, we've never really gotten unhinged, tired of it, tired of this job, take it and shove it. Well, he's living in the sewers right now, man. I mean, and... and, and in all actuality, if he's there's things that we don't know about Future State right now. We we got Peacemaker who still wants to destroy anyone with a mask because he's got that vendetta. Like, what if there's some that ties into it? I don't know. I'm on your book in here. Let's have some fun. <laughs> I, 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 I I think he's going to be in the Court of Owls. Did it? You know, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be you know that's the obvious that's the obvious answer. I mean, maybe yes, maybe no, but I think at the end of the day, I think the Court of Owls did it. Or I think Simon Saint did it to get the uh, to get the Peacemaker program started off the ground. Yeah, but don't forget what happened to Riddler at the same time, though. Like Simon Saint was responsible for that too. And mm-hmm. what if this is all a big riddle? I mean, like, and I'm I'm going on a limb here. Remember how good the last big Riddler story was when he took over Gotham? I mean, like the the, the plants were under his control. I mean, he really almost annihilated the place. Mm-hmm. What if this is this is something that he's... I mean, like, we, we see him escaping. He's, hey, come on, Riddler, you're, you're not... You're not you, we're supposed to rob this place, but we're going to do it anyway. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, guys, I'm, I'm on TV now. And then... God, <laughs> God it, like, it, they really made him look little. And that's... It, it's like, it, when it comes to comics, uh, when, it, when it comes to true crime or... You follow the money. In comics, sometimes, you follow the guy the least likely, the most beat up, the most... There's no way it was him. But he's involved yeah, in for, if, we're doing, if we're doing that, it's only one guy it could be then. Who's that? It's Bane. They killed They killed Bane. You're not going to kill Bane. Freaking the mask... He had, the, he had the mask on when he freaking died. They pulled the mask off. He was jokerized. No explanation for Lady Blaine. Yeah. Dude. And, and freaking ever since then, you know, little Santa Prisca's built that big old shrine to him and all that, the memorial. Yep. We got Lady Bane here. You know, freaking... This is a, this is another brilliant scheme by Bane. I, you know, you guys that, always do steps ahead. That would be wonderful, especially because what's going on in the, uh, the 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 follow up story here. Because he's if Bane was covering all the spaces, he he'd be covering like, okay, I'm gonna break the Joker, but I gotta break everyone associated with her. We got punchline. Yep, yep and she's dead. <laughs> Had a good run. <laughs> you know, I, I would like to see her dead. I don't like her. <laughs> Aw. Well, so I good. enjoy her. I enjoy her for now. But she doesn't seem You just like... said you didn't like her. I, I enjoy her for now, but I don't see her in any way lasting. I Like, when I when I invest in a character, I'm investing in longevity here. Like, I I love hot goth lesbian chicks, but that doesn't mean that I think Crush is going to be, the, like, the most end-all awesome person in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, you see what I'm, you see what I'm saying here. Like, there's some, there's some. Uh, Crush just doesn't do it for me. It's 
She's got a good taste in curvy women, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Detective. But, uh, punchline would be interesting, though. I, I, I hope for the best. I, I'm, I don't want to see things go bad. Like, I'm just... The, I've got certain tastes, and I can't ignore them. Like, um, I can't make... the. But at the same time, I can't make those Chris Claremont mistakes. Like, yeah, fuck all these new young bloods. Uh, they're doing all this flippy shit. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't have it happen. Detective... God, this is gorgeous. The cover is beautiful. It's like money. Like, uh, it literally looks like money. It should be counterfeited. We've got all some of the best characters here going on here. we got the the mayor. we got the obvious guy who did it. Dude, when his face opened up, like, fucking Blade 2, that was fucking gnarly. He picked the best part. Step away. <laughs> <laughs> You picked the best part to step away. I was like, when that dude that obviously did it, his face opened up like fucking Blade 2, you step away to go take a piss. <laughs> no, I didn't grab the comic. I didn't grab that one. My bad. God, oh, yeah, no. Hugh, Hugh was obviously the guy. And the oh, whole time he was obviously. taking care of the other guy, like, you knew he was going to be the guy. I, like, I'm loving the detective story because there's so many loose ends. I want to see, like fixed here like the chick that huntress was like hanging out with and her watch for their cat um i want to see what's going on in the sewers especially with lady clayface god that seems like such a generic thing like of all the things that's going on with woke culture and like learning new pronouns um lady lady clayface lady bane like uh, they need their own fucking names that's kind of bullshit <laughs> yeah, totally. They totally need their own we, fucking. We call her Bainita? She Hulk? <laughs> Alright. Wait, right. they stop calling him Mr. Worth, just call him Worth? Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. How dare you accept me for being a Mr. God, look at this, this screenshot here. Oh, God, like his face opens up like that. This is such a great pull up moment. Is this even Capullo? I'm all fucking distracted on this one. It is not Capullo. No. Bogdanovich? Bogdanovich, 100%. Capullo would have had more spit. <laughs> yeah. More spit. No, he really would have. He'd have lubed it up good. He'd have wetted that up nice and ready to go. Yeah, this is, this is the... I'm choosing this one. What are your thoughts on this one, brother? No, it was, it was solid. I mean, I, I'm interested to see what Hugh actually is. I, I feel there's, I mean, there's obviously more of a story than just, hey, this guy is just, like, born this way. Right. So I'm interested to see, like, what his plan is. And, you know, how does he cause, like, the, the whole thing with the worms coming out of the eyes... Has been really intense, but it looks like he's eating, about to eat this guy. So, like, what's the difference between him eating somebody and him infecting somebody to the point where worms are coming out of your eyes and you just die? Yeah, because you can't just... If, if, if you're a parasite you're, or a virus, you're looking to replicate. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have no replication yet, but we still have our wild card in the sewer 
Lady um, Lady Clayface. Yep. Who, God, God, God help us if that gets infected on every molecule of her body. Yeah. It, it's you can't just have like an alien body just want to kill. Like they're they're looking to infect here. Yep. I'm I'm thinking there's gonna be I'm, I'm in my mind I'm going for the the tie-in with what's going on in Batman and uh, what's going on with Scarecrow and what's going on with Peacemaker like the, like technically they're doing a really good job a an amazing job of keeping things really tight in terms of continuality if all this is happening at once or one caper after the other Gotham's in for some shit and we probably do need Peacekeeper. Batman's not doing a good job of rounding shit up. It's not just because he doesn't have a every Batmobile ever or uh, his cave or Pennyworth there. The Bat family is, uh, what they said in an earlier issue we covered, was that it's turned into a cult. They're not doing a good job right now. Yeah. Stuff slipping between the cracks, apparently. And that's where the good shit happens. We live yep. by that. God, I love this splash page. But yeah, now we got, you know, and then on top of that, we got Mr. Worth over here, just a guy, you know, just pissed because his daughter died. Going to take it out on Bruce Wayne because, you know, he was the last person to see her alive even after she died. You know, he, he just comes out of here with a rocket launcher. Yep. And freaking blows up the police building. After uh, everyone yeah. conveniently leaves. <laughs> yeah. And then he, you know, we see him just walking through the fire. You know, just doesn't care. He's just gonna get. He's gonna get justice for his dead daughter. And it doesn't matter. He, you know, he's in such a rage over it, deservedly so, that he doesn't care what Bruce has to say. He's just gonna kill him. God, the rage in his eyes, man. This is so Craven esque. It's so Craven esque. Look at the rage in his eyes. Yeah. Craven. Justice. Mm. Let me show you. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. You give a... Uh, you give a... Uh, what was it in the E-Team? You give a... Uh, Black Forest a rocket. There's your monkey oh, right. wrench. <laughs> There's your monkey wrench. He doesn't even yeah. know he's Batman. Nope, not yet. But he will. Because freaking old Batman, Bruce escapes into the sewers and they start running. And free, we do a quick little thing with Nakano, and we see that Hugh's back, and you know he's just like, "Where you been?" You know, and he's just like, "Oh, I was uh, just getting dinner." Just getting dinner, you know. No big deal. Yeah. Huntress over here trying to get a hold of a uh, Batman. He's talking about getting Lady Clayface. You know, and she, you know she's in the micro cave under Fourth Street, and he's doing that while being hunted by Mister Worth. You know, we turn the page. And he's in full Batman gear and just late, you know, hitting Mr. Worth in the face with a, a great right hook. Now, now, That's where the episode ends. Look at this page, though. Batman, you would imagine, is probably 6'2", 6'3", maybe 6'1", at the least. 6'2", yeah. 250. What is this guy? Like, like, he's punching out a guy, right hook, that's probably 8 feet tall. His head is half his chest. He's definitely six foot twelve. Six foot eighteen. <laughs> it's a it's a big ass right hook. Okay, so. Yep. I'm sorry. Did uh, 
Todd, or no, no, did Todd. Rob Liefeld. <laughs> Rob Liefeld draw this? Look at it. Look, look at that. Look how big his fucking head is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then we get Gotham as Heart, exclusive by Deb Donovan, our resident redhead reporter who likes to get drunk and expose people and pay the price. Um, I'm loving the little recap here. This is so important about who has anything to do with being a hero. We see uh, Ronald Worth, you know, his daughter die. We see the mayor, you know, his best friend was killed in a, in a Wayne Enterprise fire here during Joker War. She steals a bottle of some whiskey. She's wondering what a hero is, and some asshole bumps in there and breaks her goddamn whiskey. But that's not the problem. But then we rewind Gotham City years ago. We got uh, young Dick Grayson here. We got Lucius in the Batcave with Alfred. I've never seen this before. Have you? Can't say that I have. Not where they were, like, have this sort of tete-a-tete here, like, like, hey, what he's doing is wrong. Like, nah, you, you don't know what's going on. Like, oh, I, I detect a angry orphan here. Ah, I'm a dad. You don't know what's going on. Save him for the streets. <laughs> Save him for the streets. And uh, I, I like this here, especially what's going on in uh, uh, Second Batman. I'm not doing it for Bruce. I have to say to protect Richard and whoever comes after him. This won't end with Robin. Robin is just going to lure more people into this cult of yours. And someone has to be there to protect him. I think this is setting the stage for... Lucius has been gone for a while. Because we got second Batman going for a while, right? His son doing his best. Yep. I think Lucius is going to be... I don't say a bad guy, but... He's going to want to put Bruce down. At yeah, least. maybe. I mean, we ha- we haven't because that's one thing we don't know. Like, we know that Lucius is aware of Luke Fox being Batwing, but they've never, like, as far as, as far, we've never heard one way or the other whether Lucius knows his other son is, you know, the new Batman, or if you know, on the other hand, he's funding the new Batman because it's his son. You it can't leave that really out. Really go either way. You can't leave that out. Whether whether or not you want it to go which way you want, can't ignore that. Hundred percent. Oh. And we haven't even in, in the second Batman. We haven't even seen him. He's never once actually donned the cape and cowl yet, so we don't mm-hmm. know where he gets the outfit from. Is it handed? Is it given to him by Bruce? You know, it does his father do it? Does he? You know, does he Jimmy rig it himself? It's got to be a uh, roadie. Brody situation. Colin, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're talking about Iron Man and Iron Man 2? Yep. Tony, you know it too, man. Like, you know, like, there's I mean, there's one suit that's going to be responsive when shit needs to go down, and I was trusting you'd figure it out and do what you had to do. I thought you were talking about that summer you spent talking with you too. Oh, God damn it! don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you that's, know, that's you get all. in there, it's a question... Does 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 Wayne Tech like when you deal with when you deal with these bat suits? Is there anything? Is there a software or anything like that? Depend depending on the suit, I'm sure there is. But like, you know, is there like oh, it's Stark Tech? You know, we can't. You go back so far and think of uh, Secret Invasion and all of Tony Stark stuff is fragged. Yeah. Be but uh, Rhodey still Stark. works. You're locked in here to get blown up. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, like, 
Yeah, but it's it's not Stark Tech running War Machine. So War Machine was able to get out there and do something about it, you know? 100%. I mean, is there anything like that going on with Batman? Nah, not at all. New, Batman, he's, new Batman's got a, a guy in the chair, but he doesn't have... Like, he doesn't have really any form of tech. No, he so just it's just gets basic, hurt a lot. It's basically a suit and right. Kevlar. Mm, okay. He gets hurt a lot and don't get caught by the cops or don't get caught by a cop that's not going to let you go and pretend you weren't there. And he's got mm. a motorcycle. It's a fucking gnarly motorcycle, man. By the way, McFarlane making the goddamn White Knight motorcycle. Josh is going to be on the street corner just yeah. trying to promote his OnlyFans that you, way he can get more figures. You, you, you killed me earlier like I will never financially recover from this. No. <laughs> no. I just wanna, no. He will not. I just want to touch on Immortal Hulk right now. Uh, guys, uh, if you're if you're falling behind Immortal Hulk, the uh, epicenter, the, the big old battle with Samuel Stearns inside the Hulk, Bruce without control against the Avengers. He straight up picks he straight up picks <laughs> Blade up and just throws him like, Hey are you are you are you actually a vampire? Can you turn to a bat? And he's like, No, and he's like, You should try that now <laughs> and, <laughs> Try that now. Nice. Uh I mean they're butchering him. They're they're cutting him like they're cutting his arms off, legs, he just keeps growing. And as the Avengers slowly realizing that uh, Gamma Flight shows up, that it's that it's kind of that stupid cheesy like we got to fight it out, even though we're fighting the same guy, we have to fight each other. Classic Stan Lee Avengers mm-hmm. bullshit. Uh, but while it's happening, She Hulk realizes that she sees she's seen the Green Door too, and she's the only one that hasn't really been involved in this when it comes to the Green Door and you're polluted by Gamma about the Green Door that won't let you die. You'll always be able to go through the green door. And Stearns has control of the red and the green door and the space even further below hell. And that's where Bruce is right now. And She-Hulk betrays the, the group to rescue Stearns controlled by... Or Hulk controlled by Stearns. And we get him making out with uh, Betty Brant as that evil Valkyrie. Chaotic terrain. L. Ewing is really kicking ass. It's one of those things like uh, the the big knockdown battle. So if uh, the only reason I bring it up, guys, is if you are behind, you need to catch up fast, or uh, a big knockdown drago is going to happen, and the ones that you haven't got yet that are sitting in your box, you better go get them fast before they get fed up for you not getting your pulls and put them back on the shelf. Oh, it happens. It happens. Uh, not the books we go to. Ed's, uh, absolutely not. Muse, absolutely not. By the way, it is today, actually uh, 19 minutes ago, it was the 23 years anniversary of Speeding Bullet in Norman, uh, That's true. I saw the eponymous photo of Matt and Annette. Matt and Annette. And, uh, Congratulations. Yeah. 23 years holding the business down. Uh, God, what was I going to do? Like one quick one before we actually go into the axes. Good old Manette. <clears throat> Savage Avengers. Savage Avengers number 21 after that awesome issue of uh, Conan getting drunk with uh, the Rhino. 
this is there's an ongoing storyline right now they have not in any way pulled into they, they they hint at it quite often like the vestiges of it have influenced quite a few pages of the Avengers uh, Iron Man even Hulk Ghost Rider especially uh, She-Hulk too is that the original Avengers team of like Odin and the original uh, Iron Fist the original Spirit of Vengeance and Conan is out in his way and encounters the, the Ghost Rider that smells the evil killing goth on him and they do a knockdown drag out like Conan gets the, the penance there and just puts his thumbs in Ghost Rider's eyes and pulls it, it's, it, it's glorious you, I will not do penance for false gods and almost and like it's one of those splash pages where he's like he did something to his head but it's damn near about to crack open and immediately boom back in the past Conan has made another big trip and it's another big thing that at the end of each uh, Savage Avengers issue is the map of where Conan's been on, on planet Earth in, in our time and this one didn't have it because he's back in his original times. I don't know what's happening but I, I really want them to resolve what's going on with that old school Avengers story because I kind of want it to be over. That's all I got mm. on that man. Where do you want to start in the the Xbox, brother. Well, you seem to be the, uh, I mean, you're definitely reading more of them than I am, so why don't you go from there and I'll just kind of come in liberally. I will come in at X-Force. Number 20, Hellfire Gala. Like, there's an order to this, but everything's happening at the same time. Everyone's landing to the Gala. They're coming through the portal. They're finally allowed and uh, but they're also supposed to wear a specific flower, and Kid Omega stops Iron Man, quote unquote, dead in his tracks. Iron Man is not least but scared. Hey, motherfucker! I don't give a shit about you. I don't give a fuck about how smart you are. Uh, I don't care what you are. I'm smarter than you. I'm older than you. I don't give a shit. Kind of puts some Kid Omega in his place. That was something wonderful about that. But we've got Domino and Wolverine running. Um, reconnaissance around the actual physical like on the shores and Wolverine gets played into uh, remember I mentioned the uh, last week was it last week or were we talking about on the phone where the Shi'ar show up with this supposed gift that was supposed to be for Emma that she forgot all about and uh, she sends him to go get him whatever it is that the Shi'ar brought and he messes Emma like hey the Shi'ar gifted us with a big shiny pile of logic Logic Diamonds. And we got a bogey coming in. We also have the fact that the... There was in South America when the uh, plants took over and the mm-hmm. uh, beast was able to subdue them and have them have a perfect uh, society. These vestiges of plants have infiltrated the brains almost like little uh, leeches of some of the world's greatest leaders and beast knows all about it. God, uh, everyone in X Force knows about it except Emma. Keep it under keep mm. it under wraps. And Beast is out there doing what Beast does. And I don't think this is Beast. I swear to God, this is Dark Beast because he's out there eating hors d'oeuvres. Emma knows what's going on. And the bogey that shows up 
God damn it, fucking Deadpool with like look how fucking whack this is. Like this is so this is why I hate Deadpool now. You invited me you didn't invite me to a good party, he's got the, the floaty and he just tells these god awful jokes. This is so bullshit. Puts a couple bullets in Wolverine's face. Emma knows what's going on, that, that beast knows that these uh, infectious plants are there to cause problems and they're gonna deal with it later. But those plants have mutated into something else. That's the front on the outskirts of what's going on here, but like I'd, I'd rather really just go straight into Hellions, man, because this was my favorite one. Oh, Hellions was tremendous. I hadn't I haven't openly laughed at a comic book like this in years. <laughs> Good. Like this is just this is just a tremendous issue. You know, we start out here, we got Mr. Sinister in all his finery. Refinery. Getting ready. Yep, talk about how good he looks. And we have freaking we see Havoc and Psylocke in their apparel. And then all the rest of the Hellions aren't invited. So they're just going to do what they're going to do. No big deal. Going to hang out by themselves. They start drinking. And Grey Crow <laughs> is just like, you know, screw it. We're going to the party. So they end up crashing the Hellfire Club Gala. Or the Hell, you know. And, you know, of course, buffoonery ensues. It's such an awkward situation, uh, Quanin. Betsy. Like, all the people that don't want to bump into each other are bumping into each other. It's just nonstop while the Hellions are just just getting blackout drunk. Oh, yeah. And we're talking to everybody. We got Nanny over here trying to talk with Sinister. You know, we've got freaking Wild Child running into his ex-girlfriend who's now apparently dating Dakin. Worst new boyfriend of all time. Eh, it can't be that bad. He, he manipulates pheromones, man. Like, this guy, like... Like, of all the people they haven't really touched on in... Since Krakoa happened. X of, uh... Powers of X and... Or was, was it, like... I keep hearing different things. Was it Powers of Ten or House of X? Or vice versa. Is that Dakin... We see Omega is not to be trusted. They know to stay away from him. But Dakin... Dakin is the ultimate bastard. Like, that's what he does, and it kind of pained me to see this girl with this guy. <laughs> nice. But yeah, we've got, you know, Havoc's over here trying to get them to get Magneto to move freaking Goblin Queen up. That way they can revive her up the list, and his ex-girlfriend Polaris shows up, Fuck. who happens to be the quote-unquote daughter of Magneto. And freaking, you know, like everything that can possibly go wrong goes wrong. Freaking Orphan Maker's over here completely drunk out of his mind, talking about how he loves bananas. <laughs> He's not even drunk. He was tricked. Oh, yeah, it was, that's right. It was Empath freaking playing with him. Yep. You know, that, and Empath just run over here just kind of screwing with everybody. He's freaking messing with Wild Child's mind, trying to get him into a fight with Dakin and... Dakin's Messing got that, with Orphan Maker. And Dakin's got that whack-ass man bun. What the hell happened to his fucking mohawk? That really pisses <laughs> no me doubt. off. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm loving the attention to detail of what 
should happen at a big party like this. It's guaranteed. Like, you go to a wedding, someone's going to get too drunk, someone's going to hook up with someone they should absolutely not be hooking up with in a closet. Uh, someone's going to be doing the wrong type of drugs in, in, in the bathroom with people they have never experienced it. We got Beast. Beast, uh, in the last issue, and the one thing I forgot to mention was that like, the, the Beast, the, he, he broke down his protocol. Was that like if God came down from the heavens and said, hey, I'm God, I'm here, I created you, and I'm celestial, you're going to drop to your knees and cry and agree with everything he says. But I'm Beast. And I think you should be doing the same thing, like in unredacted, like because you know how we get the 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 cuckoo side transcript through all these while while the cuckoos are monitoring the party to make sure if something goes wrong, it can get stomped out as fast as possible. But that's not what they were going with with Beast. Now I need I need help on this. And on the last page here, we've got Sinister with scars on his face that is not who was at the party was it no it it i had the same thing i was like huh this isn't this it definitely isn't the same smith or sinister so i think i think it's a and plus you know the the outfit isn't the same either no so i think we've got i think we've we might have found the actual mr sinister i've wondered about that for a really long time because he's always been jokey about stuff like even mm-hmm. when he's on the quiet sitting the, uh, on the quiet council uh, making decrees, and we get this scene where everyone is seeing fireworks. That's no, like not really happening. Yeah. Is that the? If I'm not mistaken, is that Betsy, or is that Quanin? No, that's Quanin doing the, the, the. That's Quanin right now. Betsy's in uh, Excalibur. No, I'm talking about but the I... the 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 butterfly, pink, uh, purple pattern around their faces is. Typical of Psylocke slash Quanin. Hmm. I think that's definitely Quanin. But uh, yeah. No, I think you know. I think all the telepaths are working together to kind of show this quote-unquote fireworks display. Either that, or it's all just mastermind the whole time. Either way. But yeah, I think we're definitely getting maybe perhaps the original Mister Sinister back. Perhaps it's Mystique. Maybe finally the return of Morph. Who knows. But, yeah, it'd be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if there's two Mr. Sinisters walking around. Because, you know, prior to this run, I've never seen Mr. Sinister be a jokester. Never. And this this guy's just, you know, this guy's just cracking me up left and right. He's still a bastard, but he's a jokester. But, mm-hmm. but like, the, the, way, the way they, like, do the sleight of hand, like, hey, you got some mutants I've never encountered? <laughs> I'd kind of like your DNA. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, but this guy that comes out, the scars on his face, I'm, like, I, I feel like I, I'm not remembering something that's like really close to my brain that, uh, of, of the scars uh, before X of Swords, before uh, Powers of X. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I hadn't, because I remember reading, I, I read the Uncanny X-Men run before House of X, and that, just that run where they were like literally killing off somebody every issue. God, that was and really freaking, awesome. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, not the scars. Like, like before, like God, I got back into X. Uh, God, right after House of M and during uh, Messiah Complex, 
and there's a lot of nice. plot holes they never they never fixed or even explored, like Hope being the Messiah. But all this is happening, and but Marauders number twenty one is the political issue. This is when all this focuses on everyone, like all the issues we've talked about just a second ago. You, you see people that are like, okay, why are they there? Uh, you see them showing up. You see Captain America. You see the Fantastic Four. You see Franklin just really upset to be there because he's not supposed to be there, but he believes he should. But, you know, remember Professor X told him, like, you're not a mutant? Mm-hmm. Dr. Doom mm-hmm. shows up. We've got J. Jonah Jameson show up. We have agents of AIM and HYDRA showing up. Um, all of this is going on, and, and you see Beast, you know, just watching on surveillance and there's something he's doing. Emma is doing she's doing her I've got two costume changes but before we do anything I'm going to give you a, a magical mutant performance of music where we see uh, let's see which mutant was this one I'm not familiar with her tonight's music, food and fireworks are all born of mutant gifts it's my pleasure to introduce Rhapsody she's playing a single living single living single string instrument grown in her homeland and as she's playing it it's almost as if like a like a stick that should be a cello but it looks more like a staff and as she plays it with the the most whimsical floating reed all these butterflies these electric butterflies go out and they get in everyone's head and what they do is is they don't make them ex- everyone including humans experience the music like to a higher level they make them experience the music as if they were actually being the one that's playing the instrument and mm. the only one that says no is Dr. Doom just sentimental rube we see nice. uh, we see some little things here we see uh, Agent Aim outside playing uh, dominoes with two other mutants and uh, we see the thing like, what incarnation do you think you're doing? Uh, we, I'm offended. You didn't think to ask the ever-loving blue-eyed thing if he wants to roll some bones. So we've got, we got some illegal gambling outside with some regular ass dice. And Emma, like the the one constant in all these books is Emma going back and forth, trying to calm everything down here. Like uh, cuckoos are getting everyone's head. Uh, really enjoying like how much of a a soap opera this is and like you need to get over mm-hmm. here now and she has to step between Doctor Doom and Captain America just standing standing in front of each other. Cap is drinking a glass of milk. <laughs> of course. Of course he is, yeah. And they're just staring at each other, she qualms that down and the cuckoo's some vodka in that milk. hundred percent. Cuckoo's recognize one of their fallen sisters that should be one of them and decide that because she doesn't remember. And they say, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> like they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be the ones holding the place together. And they say, fuck it. Make her remember. And you see the flash of remembrance in her eyes. And we've got Americans. We have Europeans. People from various type countries go into quiet rooms to discuss everything that's going on. And we get a really long recap of an old Hellfire Gala that. I really skimmed through, but I really sh- obviously should be hinting at something. <laughs> obviously should be hinting at something here. Um, was that the last one? Let's see, we Hellions, Marauders, X Force. Feeling I'm missing something. 
I think that was it. Sweet. It was a go, lot, man. man. We get it's it's a party, but like it's a ton of material. It's I, yeah. I love how they're able to everything's like the one constant is Emma. And I remember uh, when I was in the shower this morning, yeah. I was thinking about Emma about where as she, you do. Oh, of course. That's what I do in the shower. <laughs> of course. Thinking about, like, uh, I was listening to the Claremont, uh, finishing up the Claremont documentary, and they are talking about Emma, and I remember when it's always been hard for me to accept Emma as a good guy, but when was she not a good guy? What, like, the first, like, 15 years? The first couple of appearances. Yeah. You know, you go in and look at her first appearance, and her first appearance on the cover. Yeah. She is not meant to be a good guy. Yeah, no. I think it was just a decision over time. Yeah, I, I really. Yeah, cause it was back. It was back in the '90s when she turned because right. she was one of the head uh, mistresses for uh, Gen- Generation the school, X. Generation X. For Generation mm-hmm. X, I was thinking about that too. Like, it's been a yeah. really long. So it's time. been twenty. It's been twenty plus years. The only thing she's done wrong, I can think of, that like really harmed anyone was we, you know, responsible for you know the death of a bunch of her students, but that wasn't exactly her fault. But uh, when the Phoenix, the Phoenix Force came back and, and, and got in, uh, was it the five or the six, like Colossus and Cyclops and stuff, and she tricked, the only thing she really did wrong, but kind of right, was, you know, in the faking, faking how Scott died and uh, instigating the war to destroy the Terrigen Mist. Well, not instigating the full war, but, like, the actual destruction of the Terrigen Mist, which was uh, abhorrence to the, to the Inhumans, which was, like, the big... The big thing was like we can't destroy it. We got to respect these guys, but it's infecting everyone and it's causing real problems, especially with mutants. And uh, but she did what she had to do. Like she had to, she had to make a Scott decision. And mm-hmm. in hindsight, like God, has she ever really been a bad guy, or was she just a a chick that made some mistakes early on? And I'm just now trusting her. I think, no, it kind of sounds know, like she's I like would, I would say that, right? Both of you. A right. little bit, but I think that she, I think that she had it in for herself. But the the thing is, you could go back. That's the the great aspect of the hazy. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? It's the great part of the hazy aspect of her character that no one has ever completely defined her. And then you go back and you have that origin story that doesn't even really completely define her nope. and uh you can decide you can build her to be whatever you want her to be she doesn't she's not locked into anything i think that she's you go back to the early 2000s and you see her in the grant morrison book and clearly he wants to play her as uh one of the team mentor but only because she gets brought in under the auspices of the danger of the moment. Uh, she's all that's left on Genosha after Cassandra Nova wipes the place out. So why wouldn't she want to be with the X-Men, and why wouldn't they take her in, no matter what they may have done to each other in the past? You know, this is a mutant in trouble whether she wants to accept that help or not. I think that the that was that was the first time I ever read her to be uh, someone that could be part of the team. 
Who would you rather Scott am- Scott end up with? Gene or Emma? Man, that's that's a Gwen Stacy Mary Jane question right there. I mean, really and truly, uh, I think I think that Emma has done more to develop Scott's character over the last twenty freaking years than um, Gene ever has. Than Gene ever did. Gene is her own thing. Like at this point, if Gene's is is Gene quantifiably back? Yeah, hundred percent. Then you don't okay in in life, like in comics, you don't get to up and disappear, and then and or die, and then get to come back and expect that it's all going to go right back the way it was. If it's not happening in Castaway with Tom Hanks and Helen Hunt, it doesn't have to happen in the X-Men, let alone anywhere else, you know? So I think that uh, it would make sense at this point for Scott to end up with Emma. And at the same time, I think Scott is now too muddied of a character for her to even be interested in. Like, always... it, might be time, it might be time for them all to go their own way. I just, God, I just hope it doesn't end up in like that, what they're hinting at, because like, Logan, <laughs> they haven't really said where Logan really lives. Not on the moon with the, uh, the Scott family, the Cyclops family, but he's always there mm-hmm. at night. There's been a lot of scenes with Gene, like, hey, good night, Logan, you're eating some food late at night in the kitchen, like, let me start making out with you, and then Logan and uh, Cyclops walks in and doesn't start blasting him, he just kind of smiles, like, it's kind of weird. I really don't feel like I want to see, it, it, like, the, the Logan, the Logan Jean Grey thing, it wasn't forced years and years ago, but I don't need that either. I want these characters to get over it. Just, I can't, I mean, I'm a human man, and I have experienced meeting someone and being bowled over by them dozens of times. Correct. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. This this person is awesome. And then you find out a little bit later, you know, yeah, this isn't exactly what you want to do. Right. This isn't the thing. This isn't it, yep. you know? Agreed. And, uh... You finally, you meet somebody that makes sense. And you're like, okay, no, we should figure this out. We should explore this. And um, if you don't, if you know in the first couple of weeks that it's going to be a semblance of reason, then that makes sense. Logan and Emma, or Logan and Gene have been bouncing off of each other for years. If they're not going to, if they weren't going to get, if something was going to make sense for them to get together by now, it should have happened. Agreed. Yep. Logan, you know, when was the last time Logan had a, a relationship interest? I can't think of one what, off the top of my head. He's not that guy. Well, that's the whole point. I, I mean, let's look at comic book time as compared to real life time. And I am by no means, you know, I mean, in the last, since I've met you, Joshua, over the last 10 years, 
I've legitimately been interested in like four, four women. And which is to say, isn't to say that I didn't like some of the women that I was dating or seeing right. or whatever, right, or like, but like, chance? you know, I was like, okay, no, I had, I've had two girlfriends in 10 years. And other than that, it was like, okay, yeah, I can get locked down with this and that would be pandemonium or I could get locked down with that and that would be crazy. Or I could get locked down with this and, uh, you know, whatever. There's any number of things that don't make sense to do. And like Wolverine is that guy. He's out there meeting women and being, you know, being the, the you're, you're Gwen Stacy. Like you're, he's out there meeting Gwen Stacy and Gwen Stacy would be like, yeah, okay. I'd, I'd hook up with this guy because he's dirty, you know? And it's just like, it's something like that. That's just who he is. That's his charisma. But, um, he always had his heart set on Gene. Gene was into Scott. Gene has too much of some of these characters transcend having enough of a basis in reality to make it make sense for them to even want to be with somebody. Like at a certain point, Logan just needs to be like, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I like this. I like this girl over here. And Logan's been around for like a hundred years. So at a certain point, how does it even rationalize that he would be like, yeah, I'm going to take a wife now. Right. And Cyclops, like I say, is too muddy. The best he can hope for in my, at this point, I think, is someone that we've never considered. And I think it should be that way. If you want to see real growth with any of these characters. I do. I really do. Then that's the reality. Not this forced, ah, oh, we got to get these people together, you know? Maybe they get married to somebody else, and at a certain point, somebody says, "Man, I always thought you and Gene would get together. I always thought you and you and Storm would get together. Some crazy thing, you know." And it was just like, "What? I never thought about that." And then something will happen, and that wife character or that guy will get killed, and then they will reevaluate things. And maybe it's worth going back to that. You know what I mean? I but comics, like everything, are terrified of major changes. Because they don't want to alienate their fan base, but at the same time, they screw us constantly on that. Yeah. Not in this department, though. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's only one obvious answer. Tell us. Oh, Cyclops gets with Madeline Pryor. Uh, stealing from... Mm. Stealing from his brother, again. He's got some bigger brother. Scott gets what he mm. wants. Havoc freaks out again. You want to do it really nice? That's where it's Get going. Vulcan in there to steal her. Oh, shit, oh. man. We've got very little Vulcan to really go off of in the first place, but... That's yeah, good... All we can play with is uh, Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire and War of the Kings. That's I mean, he's story. technically dead. Authentically, I don't know why he hasn't come back as a serious villain for a while. Though, you know, I don't think that he's a likable enough villain that anybody wants to do anything with it. Right. He's no Mikhail Rasputin, that's for sure. Goddamn right. Yeah, he's a very he's a very non-terrestrial character that you have to go out into space to find, and he was quantifiably dead when he died last time. But that doesn't stop them from doing whatever they want, he's, you know? He's hanging out on the moon. Anytime I ever see him, he's just hanging out on the moon in the House of Summers. Vulcan is? Yep. 
Oh wow! All right. Yeah, he has a room in the and the attic. They really just show him just kind of raiding the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's wild. What's going on with Dad? Huh? Nah, I don't care. I'm hungry. Like they really they're having a shit with him. But it's it's still there. Mm. They said that about Claremont in the documentary. Like, yeah, you plant all these seeds and then like you forget about them and like, hey. I don't have any ideas going on. Why don't you finish up this story? Okay, fine. He pumps out a great story. And the seeds that were planted were good. And I think we're getting a... God, I, a Hickman really wants to be Claremont. Yeah, he's, maybe. He's knocking out of the park right now, man. But it's only been, what, two years? Yep. We'll see what he's he got does. got 13 more to go. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for tonight, brothers. Yeah, man. That was good. I like how we finished that up. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think Dagan's getting a banging gene at some point to piss off Wolverine. He should. <laughs> I think that's what we need to leave it off at. If they made, that, great if they made that into a calendar, like, like if they if they really... Like a live sex celebration with Dagan and Gene? No, if they made it... Well, yes. Like, if they... If they Dagan and Gene Grey. Erotic celebration. If they broke the fourth wall and uh, he hooks up with Gene... The pheromones overtake the uh, telepathy. And he makes some, uh, a few extra bones on the side. Publishing the, him hooking up with Gene. As a 12-month calendar. I would buy four of them. Man, I, quite frankly, I can't understand why all of the empaths and telepaths in, in these books aren't just riddled with X's. Because... Anytime you could detect an attraction and you want to exploit it because you're petty or small or you just want to, you know, because you're just like, yeah, why can't I? Then it just seems like at a certain point you'd be like, no, this person actually loves me. Well, you know, they're not they are not Picard and Crusher. And you know what episode I'm talking about when they get that implant in the back. Oh, yeah. Head. Right. Mm hmm. And they have to get oh, used. This, this is high. Those those are characters with unbelievable integrity, which isn't to say that a lot of the X Men don't have that quality. No. but they're all tainted at this none point. Of, none of them have. They that. have all seen too much, and done too much, and changed sides and whatever else, and had dark pasts and stuff like that. This is this is a really inter- this is one of the most interesting questions we've we've faced. How do you quantify real relationship probabilities with these characters and why are we holding on to old concepts for them that are 30 years old, 40 years old? I have half an answer for you. Yeah. They they're living like Caligula on fucking uh Krakow right now. Does it matter yeah. if you live or die? No. They'll bring it back. <laughs> like, they, they, like they, they are living like Caligula right now. They don't give a fuck. There have been no true blue repercussions on the actual planet Earth that have had anything to do to affect them on their own actual continent now, which is basically forming two, one in the north and the south. And um, the Hellfire Gala is bringing that into perspective. They really don't care because they, regardless if humans decide to, uh, all the humans decide to hold hands, but yeah, we welcome Krakoa as a uh, recognized continent and they have all the same rights and we're Mm -hmm. going to trade with them. Okay, that's fine. 
but the humans are gonna die. The X Men, the uh, mutants. No, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna bring you back. We're we're Cerebro that is constantly on Xavier's head is constantly backing <laughs> you up, like like save respawn like you're playing like fucking like Destiny and shit. They're living like that. Sure. And that's a problem. Um, there have been no true blue repercussions for what's going on then, but we've got all these other little issues that have happened, like we mentioned last last week with uh, Nimrod, or uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago with um, what's going on in the vault. Like those are the real problems, and they're, and they're more concerned with, with this fucking Gala. Some shit's. I like it, man. That's a reasonable answer right there, dude. Some shit's gonna go down. Mm-hmm. But bring it back to Picard and Crusher. They loved each other and had that sort of uh, rapport and honor. Like, I didn't know you loved me. He's like, you're my best friend's wife. Yeah. Even after he died. Even after he died. Couldn't do it. It still, it still feels and it'd be the as, I think that's the crazy bit, it's a bit of it. Is it may have been as hard for him to love her in any in any moment as it would have been for him to try to do that while they were while while Jack was alive. Right. So yeah. But the X Men, they don't face those issues. They're just like we could get killed at any freak as if the Enterprise crew couldn't the X Men could be killed and hunted and eliminated at any given moment, you know, we should totally screw. Yep. That's kinda it. No repercussions. Yeah. Tony, Tony, you got anything left? Nope, done for the night. Send us off, brother. <laughs> Alrighty. This has been dangerous. This is minefields. This transmission is over.